worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. Friday afternoon in Boston Army Navy game presented by USAA. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minix. What a day. Man, I tell you what, the buzz around here is just fantastic. Everybody's excited for tomorrow's football game, and I tell you, it is just a lot of fun here on Radio Row. Well, and, and again, I mean, you think about all the different things that are going on here in Boston, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like that Dropkick Murphy song. You know the one. You recognize <laughs> well, now it. now I like, know the one. Like, the beer like, commercial. Like, like nobody's business, yeah. The only guy <laughs> in America, and certainly the only guy in Boston who has no idea about the Dropkick Murphys. But, but I mean, you, you, there is a buzz here in this city today that I don't know that I necessarily felt yesterday. Now, I don't know if it's just in this area or around the whole city, because yesterday I did kind of feel like, hey, Army-Navy game is here. It's the first time in Boston. Does Boston really know what's happening? Uh, certainly where we are now, I went walking around this morning. I found the coolest thing yeah. you know, because it's cold outside. So I walk out. You remember the practice video yesterday of the Cowboys? You know, they go running out on the field, and it was cold and windy, and then they went running back yeah. inside to practice. Well, that was me this morning. I walk out of the West End. I went, well, it's stupid cold out here. Um, and then you came right back in? Well, because as I was looking around all the streets trying to figure out where I wanted to just go walk around, there's sky bridges everywhere. You don't have to leave a building. Like, like you, you, you walk through this building, and then it walks over to that building, and then yeah. that building. And, you know, I, I think I walked eight blocks and never went outside. Because it's stupid cold outside. Because it's stupid cold outside. That's exactly right. But I got my steps in. So, <laughs> Not that I give well, a damn a about my steps. But you know, don't give me that. Now, look, you're an old dude, right? Not I've, in very good shape. We can all admit that. Well, I mean. So you're not a Dallas Cowboy. Dallas Cowboys, it's too windy. Come on. Well, if they were playing outside, I would say they probably should go Just outside of practice. Go play. But they're going to be playing inside uh, Jerry World. It's going to be fine. And you think about what we've got in store on this Friday. We've got a lot on the Army-Navy game. Man. We've got a lot on the Cowboys-Eagles game. And then we just have a lot of who the hell knows what's going to happen because, you know, you have no idea. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is standing right over there. Yeah. Right now, he's not doing radio interviews. At least He's doing a couple of the national shows. And obviously, he's on a station in Boston. Uh, limited time. If Rob Gronkowski grabs headsets, we're going to talk to Gronkowski. Absolutely. Right? I mean, yes. that's, that's, that's what we're going to do. Um, there are generals walking around. There are... I don't know. I don't know who some of these people are, but when I see Secret Service types following them, I realize they're probably important. 
That's what these guys are right here, I think, huh? I'm not sure what these guys are. Well, I don't I know. Mean, they they look like I mean, Secret well, Service well, types. Well, they look like they could be Secret Service, but he's, he's, he's texting. Uh, he's he, not talking into his watch. Yeah, I, but have, he's, I have no idea. Well, he's looking at you like he's a little shady looking. Well, I mean, he's looking at you because you sound like an <laughs> idiot, and he's just trying to figure out what dumbass let you on the radio. Yeah, well, you know, it's a great country, you know? <laughs> Even guys like me can get a job on the radio. It's fantastic. Outstanding. No, it's, the buzz around here, though, is just, I mean, it really is electric. You know, we go to Super Bowl Radio Row, and that's always fun, and there's always a little bit of a buzz, but not like this. this something different about this Radio Row and this day as uh, we're on the eve of the Army-Navy game tomorrow. And I'll tell you what, tomorrow... Make sure you're listening uh, to 94.1 all morning long. Not that you ever listen to anything else, but uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, we're going to be on the radio again. Wait, we're uh, working on a Saturday? We're, we're working on a wow. Saturday. You know how hard it is to get me to work on a Saturday? Yeah, I do. Uh, it, it's a little bit more difficult than getting you to work on a Saturday. <laughs> and also, Rob and Rudy. It's, oh, it's, ah. it, it, it's going to be a, well, and, and look, we put all four in the lineup just in case somebody uh, is unable to make it, right? Absolutely, yes. But, but all four of us, we're doing a, a special pregame show because tomorrow we will carry the Army-Navy game live here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. So that would be cool. So pregame tomorrow at 10, uh, leading up to uh, uh, the broadcast that will start at 1, kickoff at 2 o'clock San Antonio time tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, of course, Sunday Cowboys Eagles. Yeah, uh, a big weekend of football. Man, it is a big weekend of football. I'm looking forward to it. Look forward to the game tomorrow for all the reasons that it's just a it's a great experience. But then Sunday night, man. The Sunday night's going to be fun. Yes. Uh, well, well, are you are you wait a minute. I, I saw a, a glimmer of doubt in well, Jason Minnick's mind as the wheels were spinning there. No, I think he's a little bit afraid of Sunday night. No, and, and you probably haven't seen this. You know, we, we have no secrets on this show, but I just got an email. Literally, this email came in a minute ago. Uh-huh. Major change to your flight on Sunday. Uh-oh. So we had a beautiful flight scheduled to land at 4.30. Uh-huh. And we just get home in time to watch the Cowboys and Eagles. And, um, well, that's not going to be the case anymore. I don't know why the hell they wait, just... Wait, wait, wait. What are you talking about here? Well, our, our, our flight has changed. Uh-oh. Uh, now we land at 7.39 supposedly taking off from Dallas at 629. Uh, it's two days out, and they've already got a two-hour delay and changed the schedule. <laughs> and they can just do that to you. I know, and there's I'm, nothing I, you can do about I, it. I'm, I'm, you know, and then, and then there's, there's a thing in this email from American Airlines that says, if you want to explore other options, click here, and you click here, and it says there's no other there's options. No other options. <laughs> <laughs> in other words, you're screaming. I'm surprised they didn't just have a, an emoji of a, a middle finger uh, Well, I, I mean, <laughs> on the options. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that would have been appropriate. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like that new uh, commercial that Dak Prescott put out today oh, on, on awesome. social media. Pledge, do we have that audio? I know it's been a busy day, and I, I uh, forgot to ask you ahead of time to, to pull that. Do you have the audio of the uh, new Dak Prescott commercial? Not yet. Okay. Um, Dak Prescott, brilliant marketing, and i got to believe some of this is about his MVP campaign. He says, I'm probably going to get a ton of bleep for this. And 
a hashtag. He's doing a, a colon testing commercial. Or you poop in a jar and send it off. Well, it's a little bucket, and it's got an eagle on it. It's fantastic. I know. It. It's, it's it great. It is fantastic. Such a, a well-done owning, almost like, you know, who was it? Jimmy Kimmel meeting, uh, reading mean tweets uh-huh. uh, kind of spoof commercial. It's brilliant. Well, it is, and, and i got to give Dak a lot of credit for that because it is brilliant. And, uh, and whoever came up with the campaign and then said, well, you know, Dak Prescott would be the perfect guy for that, and, and he is the perfect guy for that. That is a, a, an outstanding commercial. And, and it, what, well, Colin Blow, or what was it? What? <laughs> What's it called? I have no, I, I have no idea what <laughs> you're talking it's, about, it's, but it's, I think that's a whole different product. Well, <laughs> it's instead of going to get a colonoscopy, you can just poop in a bucket and send it off. I have no idea what it's called. It's a home screening kit is what it says here. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a little device that you hook up to your toilet in the bucket, and it's it's clean, and whatever you poop on, you just send it off. Exactly. Imagine they... the person that has the job that has to open up the mail at that company. <laughs> I mean, talk about a crappy job in a mailroom. No <laughs> this is it. And I guess the, the bucket protects it. It doesn't get all... Hard and white. Dog poo. I don't know. You're not going in the backyard and hosing it down. Good Lord. Oh, my goodness. Good Lord. Uh, We've got a lot going on. My goodness. Uh, and, and, again, a lot of moving parts today. Cowboys, Eagles coming up on Sunday. Army, Navy, college game day. We'll be live out at uh, Gillette Stadium tomorrow getting ready for that. Game day hosted by Reese Davis, who will join us next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star in Boston for Army Navy. He's Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Menix. It's a, it's a big game, and it's always cool because game day is a part of the Army Navy game. You guys started doing that a couple of years ago as we're joined by Reese Davis. Uh, and, and Reese, you, you think about all the cool spots you guys go to. What's it like coming for Army Navy? It's a different feel uh, because of the magnitude and the history of the rivalry, the significance of what the midshipmen and the cadets are trying to accomplish beyond football. Uh, the fact that many of them will be working together in far, far greater endeavors, the intensity of the rivalry and the, um, the pure disdain they have for the other side within that 60 minutes and at least uh, desire to beat the other side. I mean, it's like a, it's, it's like a common greeting. I, at the hotel here, I got on the elevator and the lady, rather than uh, greeting me with hello, uh, greeted me by saying beat Navy. Of course, she was wearing a West Point shirt. You know, I, I said, good morning. She said beat Navy. You know, so, <laughs> you know uh, it kind of gives you a little glimpse into the intensity, but it's, uh, uh, there's great tradition there's uh, there's great respect for the discipline, for the sacrifice and the service that both of the academies represent. And to have it here uh, in the Boston area, 250th anniversary of the Boston Tea Party, so much American history and the academies have produced leaders who have who have been um, instrumental, if not essential in maintaining the freedom that this country's had. And they still are willing to make that sacrifice to help it endure. 
You know, Reese, you guys always have uh, such a great time. It's it's a blast to watch you guys uh, uh, every Saturday. Do you approach this broadcast any differently than you do any other one? I wouldn't say the approach is different, but the execution almost has to be because, first of all, uh, it's centered around one game that is not, you know, it's not like centering it around the national championship game. It's Although it feels that way for Army and Navy, it's more about capturing the atmosphere and the environment around the game and what it means uh, to people from Army and Navy. Uh, there are a lot more interviews on this uh, on this in terms of uh, uh, you know Joint Chiefs of Staff, the the superintendents, you know things of that nature. That's a little bit different in the show, and then just people who have great pride in it. We're going to have a uh, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick on. Bill Belichick mm-hmm. is going to be the guest guest picker, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and there I don't I'm going to tell you. Kirk and I called a game at Navy uh, the year of the restrictions. There was no one, you know, no one in the stands. Navy and BYU played. And we had Bill join us on the phone. And we thought, you know, maybe he'll, he'll stick around and ask a couple of questions. Well, you know, his dad was a longtime assistant coach at Navy. And there, might, there are very few people who know more about the history of Navy football than Bill Belichick. Uh, certainly knows Army too, but and he, he just knows football. Period. Obviously, but this is something that he's passionate about—the history of football at the Naval Academy because of the impact that his father had there as an assistant coach. As a kid, he used to go watch practice when Lee Corso was an assistant coach at uh, at the Naval Academy. So he can he can lend perspective. He can tell stories. Uh, he can he can give people a really good idea of the significance of this game and what it means to the people at the academy. So from that standpoint, the show is a little bit different, and we're going to approach our celebrity guest picker segment a little bit differently because Bill's in that seat. And, you know, no disrespect, but I don't think Bill is terribly interested in picking the bowl games that will be played before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, so and, and rightfully so, that would be a that would not be a good use of his visit. So uh, there will be uh, I, I can't wait to talk to him about that, about the history of this game, why this game was important, why he made such an effort, along with a uh, Patriots owner, Robert Kraft, to make sure that this game would be played here. It's never been played in New England. It's the first time. Um, First time since 83, I believe, that it's been outside that Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, D.C., Meadowlands corridor. And so to have it here, they're really excited about it. The Patriots have, um, you know, have done everything possible to make this as uh, smooth a situation as could be. And both are very excited and we're we're happy to be part of it. Reese Davis joining us here on the Blitz on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Although, Reese, I'm really disappointed that you guys aren't going to put Bill Belichick on the line to pick the upcoming UTSA Marshall uh, Frisco Bowl, you know, for our (laughs) our, our fans listening here in San Antonio. But honestly, how how relieved are you that you're going to have him as your guest picker after they actually got a win last night against (laughs) Pittsburgh? He'll probably be in a probably be in a little bit better mood, I would I would imagine. But uh, this is the, the I think I do think that this game is so significant to him that even had things not gone well for the Patriots last night, I I think he would have honored uh, honored the agreement and come on over because he's he's obviously very uh, you know 
very excited or very excited and, and proud of the fact that the game's going to be here. I think it's fantastic. Reese, I've got to ask you, though, because there's been a lot of controversy this week with the uh, college football playoffs and, and, and all of that. What, what is your take on the committee's picks and, and how that all worked out? Um, I think it came down to a singular issue, and it's a singular issue that's in their protocol, and it was the injury to Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis. I mean, that was catastrophic, and it was heartbreaking because Jordan's, uh, we had him on game day Saturday. He's a great guy. Very talented guy. He's you know, been around a long time and has really made himself into a, a formidable player. And that was the singular issue. And, you know, this nonsense that I hear from, not, not from fans, I'm cool with fans. They, they have a right to be mad. They only care about things through the perspective and lens of their team, and that's as it should be. But, you know, or, or through the lens of disliking this team or that team or whatever. Um, and there is something in our... I think in our shared historical experience in college football, that if you have a zero in the loss column and played in one of those conferences that, you know, you get to be at the front of the line, but, you know, from the committee standpoint within the protocol, they can evaluate injuries. And to them, I think it became an evaluation of can this Florida state team, while still fantastic on defense, can they, can they win the national championship? Can they compete? Are they one of the four best teams to compete for the national championship? And from the reporting that we've had from Heather Denich, there was pretty deep disagreement in the room about that. You know, it's not as if all 13 people, you know, had went in lockstep and said, nope, 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 we can't have them in without their starting quarterback. That didn't happen. Uh, there were some who believed that they had earned their way in, and there were others who had reservations because of what they'd seen the last two weeks. I don't think it was fair to evaluate their offense solely on the ACC championship game because that was the third team quarterback. He wasn't going to wasn't I shouldn't say wasn't going to he wasn't likely to play in the in the playoff game or in the bowl game. Um, Tate Rodemaker should have been back by then the backup, but they didn't have a lot of data to go on. A little bit of playing time last season for Tate, thirty five snaps prior to the injury to Travis, a North Alabama game, which you know probably didn't move the committee much. And then the, they had the Florida game and they struggled offensively, you know, and then obviously they did in the ACC championship game, but they won the game on defense. It's okay to win game six, three. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, in fact, it can be quite entertaining to watch a team win a game six, three, but I think that the committee evaluated, would you be able to do that to Michigan, Texas or Washington? And ultimately they decided the answer was no. And um, there, there was no, no other issue in, in my judgment. You, you see different things cherry-picked. You say, well, you know, I'm not even going to dignify the nonsense of, you know, some uh, agenda handed down from some cabal on high that doesn't exist. That's, that's uh, tinfoil hat nonsense. But, you know, this thing that you, that you look at and say, well, Alabama had a strength of schedule that was 50 spots higher you know, than Florida State. They beat number one and number 10, did lose to obviously number three, but, you know, that, that gives them the answer. Reese Davis came, joining this us. Came, this came down, yeah, this came down to the injury, and that was kind of it. it. It really is. Reese, I, game day has become such an institution, and you're, you're driving that, that show now. What's the responsibility like for you as a broadcaster, as a commentator, 
spreading the message of college football, especially when there is such controversy like what we had with the committee. Now, as a Longhorn fan, I was good because Texas is in. <laughs> but overall, because, you know, we look at through our own lenses, right? But But overall, I mean, it's so controversial, and it's almost like you have to be the guy to explain everything, what went wrong, and make people feel good about it. If you consider it wrong. I mean, I, I don't know that I would characterize it as explaining what went wrong. I would characterize it as explaining the protocol and allowing the fans to make their judgments about it. Nobody's going to agree with every decision that was made. You don't, you don't think that, uh, that the SEC would have been unhappy. I mean, Greg Sankey, I brought up this uh, possibility to him on Saturday morning when he joined game day prior to the SEC championship game. And asked me, you know, if Alabama were to upset Georgia, there's the possibility that there's no SEC team in this playoff, despite the fact that, you know, the metrics would rank it as the highest, um, you know, as the highest ranked conference, albeit not with, uh, you know, not with the separation, perhaps, if there have been some years. And, you know, he, he said that's not living in reality. Now I realize that there was some uh, advocacy going on from the commissioner of the conference. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it's our responsibility to do anything other than to express our judgment honestly. And that's what that, and it is my judgment or my responsibility to temper my judgment in times when I might have to show the other side, you know, that when you're hosting a show, I will never, ever, ever get on television and say something I don't believe or take a side. I don't believe in. What I might do is say, yes, but what about this? You know, what about this perspective? And now that's appropriate. I don't think it's the right thing for our show um, to say, and and it's never happened. I've been at ESPN 28 years. I've been in the college football studio or game day, uh, one of the two, for 23, 24 years now. Not one time has anyone ever said, you need to say this, or, hey, how about I take this perspective and you take that one? That, you know, so we'll get an argument. That has never, never, never happened. And it won't as long as I host the show. And so, you know, that kind of thing, it is our responsibility to honestly give our judgment. And because I always tell the guys, don't try to predict what the committee will do. Tell them what they should do from your perspective and your expertise and your judgment. Now, I, I don't think that, I mean, that committee, you guys know who's on the committee. You really think they're sitting there and, and listening to Mr. Television announcer and go, oh, I better do that because the guys on TV think I should. No way. I mean, they, they're free-thinking people who are accomplished. They know what to do. And, you know, but I think our role is to give our honest assessment of the situation and understand that people are going to disagree with it. There's no, um, there's no unanimity on this from uh, from either side i don't think that's the beauty of sports isn't it reese i mean we all disagree we all have an opinion and and we all like to express what we do and i think that's what makes sports so great i've got to ask you this Absolutely. though before we let you, before we let you go pat mcafee how has that changed your show if it has it's, it's been fantastic i mean this dude is uh he's he's a phenomenon and the greatest thing about Pat is that given where he is in his career and what he has built, um, he, he doesn't have to be a great teammate, but he is. 
He's a fantastic teammate. He um, he shows respect for everybody there. He's a great guy to be around. Um, he's really really smart, you know, and he's really uh, instinctive and fearless. And he connects with he connects with the crowd really unlike anybody I've ever seen. And it's been fantastic having him on the show. He's uh, he's an awesome dude, great teammate, and I think I think he has changed the show. He's changed it for the better. And the show throughout its history, you know, I, I've been on it nine years now. And even well prior to that, the show has evolved and changed almost continuously. And I think that that is one of the reasons for its success. It holds on to its core principles, which is the love and passion for the sport. And yet we've, we've evolved as we've gone along. And the great thing about Pat is that he has a a passion for people he's got he's got a love of the sport and he came in and he had um you know he had a great feeling about the show and he's been able to take that and he's just been fantastic to have on it's been great reese davis from espn's game day i know it's a busy day for you in prep for tomorrow's broadcast and tomorrow saturday game day crazy for you because you got game day and then you got to jet off and uh, hand out trophies (laughs) <laughs> I'm telling you, man. It's uh, <laughs> they'll uh, yeah, they'll hand they'll hand that. It'll be an interesting night in uh, New York City for sure. Appreciate it, Reese. Thanks for taking some time to join us down here in San Antonio. You bet. See you guys. Appreciate it, Reese Davis from Game Day here on the Blitz. That was cool. That was great. Fantastic. Were you hoping he'd say something bad about McAfee? No, not really, but, you know, and, 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 and you knew he wouldn't. And he, he's dead wrong about Florida State, too, so <laughs> there's that. You'll find somebody that will agree with you. I can promise you that because uh, later in the show uh, at 5.30, E.J. Manuel is going to join us. I imagine he will agree with you, the former Florida State quarterback. That's a pretty good bet, I think. E.J. Manuel? Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that's, a, that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. I mean, I don't know, but I'm going to guess. Okay. <laughs> I'm 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 going to guess. Uh you know we're here in Boston. Yes. So obviously, you know, the the Patriots have won a lot of Super Bowls here. A guy standing right over there has three of those rings. Joe Andruzzi joins us next here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minix in Boston for Army Navy Radio Row, presented by USAA with the game tomorrow. And it's always fun on a radio row because, you know, you see people that you only see on radio row yeah. most of the time at the Super Bowl. And, and, you know, when you have three rings, you spend a lot of time on Super Bowl radio row. Joe Andruzzi joining us now on the Blitz. It's a lot it, bigger in the Super Bowl, though. I mean, this is very similar, but the, the, the media row I mean, is a, to take a bigger conference room, isn't it? it well, the, the, <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. Is, this, is, this is the biggest radio row outside of the Super Bowl. Yes, I which, agree. Which is kind of cool. Uh, it is, is, this, cool. is this good for you, bad for you? It's in Boston. You don't get to travel. You don't get hotel points for this, do you? No. You just drive over, I do a bunch of interviews, over. and go home? I'm five minutes from the stadium. It's great. I <laughs> in and out. I got, I'm bringing my 12-year-old tomorrow, and uh, we're excited to catch a great game. And you know, I want them to experience it and see the surroundings and see, you know, everybody standing for that national anthem and the respect that they, they deserve and, you know, everybody out there that represents uh, Army, Navy, but this country. You know, what's interesting, we had uh, the Army athletic director on earlier, and he was, uh, he was telling us how excited the players are to play where the Patriots play. 
But everybody else is just excited to see those guys play. So it's kind of your perspective on, on the game and, and the surroundings is, uh, is interesting. Yeah, well, they're a lot younger than me. So, <laughs> yeah, I played there, been there, done that. But, uh, you know, they're younger. They've, uh, you know, probably have watched many football games, many NFL games. And Patriots have been a top team for over 20 years, So, except for this year. <laughs> but uh, we won't go there. But uh, overall, it's uh, it's something that is known and something that uh, these kids, I call them, and, you know, and that's what they know. They know the Patriots. It's like back in the day in the 90s, it was the Cowboys. In the 80s, it was 49ers, 70s, Steelers. So it's like you are constantly hearing about these teams. And, you know, to come here, I mean, it's a long stint of 20 years, but to come here and know that uh, you're playing in that stadium – you know, it's 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 an amazing feat for them, and it should be a great experience and something that I'm sure they'll never forget in their in their lifetime. And being there tomorrow with my son, and you know, uh, it should be an experience of a lifetime for us because uh, I want him to experience it. And he's a he's a big football fan. He loves football. Just finished his first year, sixth grader, and uh, you know, he gets his athleticism from his from my wife. Oh, she, <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a fat lineman. He's a uh, <laughs> He's an athletic guy. He, uh, he catches the ball. He's a tight end, fullback, defensive tackle, defensive end, linebacker. So he did it all, and uh, he loved it. And, you know, he can't wait to play again next year. Joe Andrews, a three-time Super Bowl champ with us here on the Blitz. So when you go to the stadium tomorrow and you've got your kid, uh, do, do you wear Super Bowl rings tomorrow? Do you walk in? Are you, you know, is it, you know, you got special seating for, for those that won rings there? Um, No. Uh, you got a, got a parking I, pass at least? No. <laughs> I, uh, I have to drive in there and find parking, and then I have to uh, – well, I was invited by a uh, friend of mine. He sits on uh, – he's on my board. He runs, uh, you know, a, a corporation out here. And, uh, you know, Amplex, it's an IT company, but uh, he does a lot of great things. He, uh, Him and uh, his president are on our board, and they help us tremendously with multiple things and you know i try and help them in any which way i can so uh i even asked him he's, he wants me to come as a as a friend tomorrow i said i could bring my rings if you bring in like business associates and stuff and take so you're know, in, take yeah, pictures but subtle way you're in a suite tomorrow uh yes yeah because yeah. <laughs> the guy that lives yes. up here how do the how do people up here and I say up here because in San Antonio we have an Alamo Dome. I mean, even when it's hot, cold, whatever, it's it's air conditioned. Jerry World is is air conditioned. Yes. How do you sit outside for three and a half hours watching a football? How do you game? sit outside? Yeah, you take your butt and you put it in a chair, but you make sure you're warm. You dress multiple layers. <laughs> I you, can't yeah. get warm here. Huh? That's the problem. You can't. Can? Yeah, I'll give you my clothes. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll just put on like ten different layers. You gotta wear like three hats, like a couple of pairs of gloves, and okay. you know, it's, I, it's, I, I, this morning I walked out the hotel. I wanted to walk around, and it was so cold. Uh, it was like thirty, <laughs> right? Not cold. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, and, and then I'm walking around, and I realize all these buildings are connected. Yes. Right. So I had why? to go through this ridiculous. Well, why? Because why? you don't want to walk outside. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, but you'll sit outside to watch a football game. I see games here or Buffalo, and I got. What's wrong with these people? Uh, nothing really wrong. It's just life. <laughs> you grew up in this uh, 
in his area. It's the change of seasons, which, you know, I love the change of seasons. I just wish winter was a little shorter. <laughs> but uh, I can't complain because my wife's from uh, Wisconsin. My oh, first, oh, wow. My first three years. Yeah, you think this is cold? Have you ever been up to Green Bay again? You ever go to Lambeau Field? <laughs> no. No? You haven't been there yet? No, I, oh. I, got, I got lots of things on my bucket list I won't do because it's well, going to be cold outside. Yeah, don't go there after uh, October. I mean, you want to go there in, like, September to watch. A, I mean, if you're a football fan, I tell everybody you got to go to Lambeau Field. This, there's so much, like, uh, history there. It's an amazing stadium, oh, yeah. amazing area. I mean, you're in the middle of a neighborhood. And you're driving down the street, there's houses, like people live here, and then all of a sudden, bam, in the middle of nowhere is Lambeau Field. And, <laughs> but you want to talk about cold. Man, I lived there for three years, and it's cold here, but when you go out and it's cold there, you know, it at least warms up during the day, the sun hits here, you know, the snow, if it snows, it melts. Green Bay, if it snows, it's there. Until friggin', it's there until spring because you walk outside and you got you take a breath and your whole inside just starts to freeze. Oh my gosh, my lungs! Got, and you run into your car just to turn it on and warm it up. I mean, best thing I ever got was a car starter when I was out there. But uh, you know, after that, it was you know just about you know spending some time and uh, enjoying it because it was an experience. It was very different for me. I grew up in New York City. Went to school in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, small Division Two school, and so I was always a part of the city. And here I am in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And, like, I rolled out of bed. I was in work in five minutes. I was like, there's no such thing as traffic out here. This, <laughs> this is amazing. I was like, oh, great. I mean, the only traffic is on game day, basically. Yeah. And there's not so many. There's, there's not enough parking. And you see the houses that are surrounded by Lambo and people paint lines on their front lawns. <laughs> yeah, and literally people, yeah, you've been there, yeah, you, you 50 know. 50 bucks a car. Yeah. Hey, you're making some money, yeah. you're tailgating with them, and maybe you get some free food, too, while they're yeah. cooking brats and stuff. Yeah. Like brat, brats cooked in beer and all that other fun stuff. That's not, now i got to ask you, you'd say you're cold and dressed in layers, but, you know, you guys that are on the line, you never wear sleeves when it's cold oh, like that. I mean, that. Did they make I mean, fun I, of you I, if you did or what? Oh, yeah, I could care less. <laughs> Didn't change the way I played. I was cold. I mean, I wore, <laughs> let's see, the coldest game out here was uh, 03 Tennessee Titans came in, and uh, we were in, uh, I think it was the AFC Championship game. So it was the coldest game in history, in the Patriots' history. It was like... Um, Almost like 15 below, 20 oh, below with, with, with the wind chill. Ugh. And the heat is, the heated benches didn't even feel like they were hot. That's how <laughs> that's how bad it was. It was freezing. I couldn't feel my toes, my fingers. I hit my hand on one play. I didn't even know I was bleeding until until after the game. I took my glove off, and there was all blood under my glove. You know, it's one of those things where, you, you know, you don't think about it, and you got to play through it, but, you know, you're a lot younger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, uh, like I said, I, I wish the winter was a little uh, shorter here, but uh, <laughs> you know, overall going out there, and I wore sleeves. I can't, I said, you know what? All these guys, they run on the field. You ever, take, take a look next time. They run on the field. They're playing. Of course, you get warm when you're playing, but then you see the guys run off the field, and they're looking for a jacket right away. Give me a jacket. Oh, my God, I'm freezing. <laughs> and then they take it off when they go on the field. I, like, I don't have to put it. I don't want to put a jacket on. I got my sleeves. I'm sitting down. I'm, you know, it didn't change the way I played. And that's what I, I, I believed in, and that's what I said. I said, okay, you make fun of me. I don't care. I'll be warm. You'll be a moron sleep. It's uh, freezing. That's the way it should be, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Joe, uh, tomorrow on game day, and you, you know this guy well, so, I mean, your, your perspective is what I'm looking for here. Bill Belichick has agreed to be the guest picker on game day. 
And I look at, at Coach Belichick like in San Antonio would look at Greg Popovich. Not the guy that really likes to do interviews or volunteer to go do He's interviews. Very many words. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, He's very knowledgeable when it's behind closed doors. He does smile. I'll give you that. You know, he does. <laughs> yes. when, what do you expect out of Coach Belichick as a game day guest picker sitting on a deal with Pat McAfee and, and that crew? That's too easy. I mean, why even choose Bill Belichick? Because he's here? I mean, well, in, you already know who he's going to pick. In Navy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, he grew, up, he grew up with the Navy. His father I coached there like yeah. 44 years in a row or whatever it was. And, you know, he grew up with the Navy. He's, you know, he's a Navy guy. And, you know, I mean, why even choose him to be the picker? I mean, pick somebody who doesn't know the game, I guess, but. Yo, they uh, they want to use him as name. Maybe you know, maybe he'll surprise everybody. Say army. I mean, just totally, you know. I doubt. Go it. against the uh, go against his dad. <laughs> you know, that ain't gonna No, I, I doubt how, it. How lucky are the game day people that uh, they get him on Saturday on that set after they won a game last night? Oh, they're lucky. But how lucky is he? <laughs> you know, and you know, you turn around. He, they won a game, and the you know he's got to feel a little bit better and. You know, he turned around and uh, he doesn't have to answer many stupid questions. So it's uh, <laughs> it should be better for him. He's he's happier. But uh, what, uh, what, I don't even know what to play next. I mean, his old saying: we're, we're, "We're on to the next game. We're on to the next game." And that's that's his answer. And, you know, he doesn't like to. He, he learns from experience. He grew up with it. He had the experience in the New York media. He had the experience in uh, Cleveland. You know, and they ran him out of town. And uh, you know, you learn from your experiences. We all do. I mean, you do something wrong, you know, it's the whole object of, you know, being in that state of mind. If you do something wrong, don't do it again. You make a mistake on the field, don't make the same mistake twice. So, you know, it's not always easy when it comes down to that. You know, Joe, you uh, everybody knows you from your, your Super Bowl championships and stuff, but you've had some battles in your personal life as well, and you've got the uh, Joe Andrusi Foundation uh, that, that you're dealing with now. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about uh, what you went through and, and why you're doing the foundation? Sure. People tell me nowadays, being out here, and, uh, you know, I love what you did as a player, but I love what you do now more than ever. Um, after 10 years in the NFL, I was training to go play for my 11th year, and I had a stomach ache, and went to the doctor, and then uh, a few days later, I was diagnosed with a very rare and aggressive form of cancer called Burkitt's non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and it was uh, doubles in size in 24 hours, so action had to be done fast. By the time I got here to Boston a week later, I was stage four, and the uh, doctor looked at me, he said, you're stage four, and I take another test, we're starting chemo tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., and then began a uh, 50 plus stay, 50 plus day stay in the hospital. I was inpatient for all of my chemo because it was aggressive. They had to hit it aggressive, and um, yeah, it was a you know put a lot of battles on a football field. Nothing more of a battle than from a hospital bed, and it was uh, it was tough, and it was uh, you know it was something that I had to go through from to fight for my life. At that time, I had four kids and my wife, and she was my number one nurse, my caregiver, and you know, she did everything possible, and, you know, she was my memory, too. You know, they call it chemo brain for a reason, because you don't want to remember. And, uh, you know, being able to battle every day and knowing that in the middle of my protocol, I ran 104 temperature for three days and slept with ice bags on me. And then getting better, my numbers came back up. The temperature went down, and my doctor said, oh, we're going to hit you with some more chemo. You know, and they're putting poison in your body, and these nurses are trying to cheer you up, and... I learned from the nurses that, you know, laughter is that best medicine. And 
part of my foundation is you know, being up, being positive, and taking that negative and making it a positive, and being able to smile, laugh, and release those endorphins that helps you heal. And at that time, my young, one of my my oldest daughter was seven, and she thought it was hysterical that dad was bald. And every time I got a chance to go home, we had a great big belly laugh, and uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, helps you heal. And you know, for the from my foundation, we started it in May 2008. We help with those home end bills. We don't pay any medical. We pay with those home end bills to keep you in your home and help you, you know, heal from home with your family and friends and uh, loved ones around you. And you, know, you want to get better. And then we also help with food security. You know, you know, you shouldn't have to choose between putting food on the table or buying your medicine to save your life. You know, we give lifts. We give you know other people opportunities to get out and about. Those walls close in on you when you're in the hospital and to go out on a Godzilla ride in the Boston Harbor is truly amazing and you know extraordinary needs we you know if you need a wheelchair all of a sudden and you need a ramp at your house you know we can help you with that and there's many different areas and you and anybody look for information joeandrewsyfoundation.org uh many different areas to get involved and if you're a runner we have a great running program that uh get a lot of people uh come out from uh, all different areas all throughout the US we have people coming from uh, Europe and running for us. And it's a program where they see us and they choose to run for us. They apply to uh, get a bib to run the Boston Marathon or anywhere else. And, you know, they raise money for us. And uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty great to be a part of. You know, unfortunately, we were a part of it in 2013 when, you know, two morons decided to, uh, to do something that, uh, you know, was... Uh, should have been a bit a lot worse, but thankfully it wasn't. And uh, being able to uh, be there that day and, you know, seeing more people run down Boylston Street than run away was truly amazing and helping out in any which way I can. Joe Andrews, I'm glad that you took something that was very scary, very personal, and turned it into such a positive with the foundation. Yep. Yes, well, that's life. And I'm a public speaker and knowing to tell people that life is short, you know, use it wisely. We don't know how much time we have on this earth. And, you know, if you have a negative, you have a bad day. Don't have two bad days in a row. Yeah. You know, turn that switch, and you know you got to uh, you got to flip that switch and make it better, and take a negative, make it a positive. So, it's life. Three-time Super Bowl champion Joe Andrusi, JoeAndrusiFoundation.org. Joe, appreciate you stopping by. Good seeing you. Thanks, Bammy. Good seeing you. Have a good one. Appreciate it. Joanne Druzy uh, here on Army Navy Radio Row, presented by USA in Boston, and. That dude is a legend in this town, but he oh, still no has. He doesn't get better parking than that. That <laughs> yeah. I think he was just being humble. Didn't want to make us feel bad. I, I'm not really sure. I, <laughs> I mean, there's something about Northeast types that I kind of believe him. Yeah. Well, I mean, good guy though. I love his story and and what he came back from. So. But fun guy. He's still got that, that New York accent. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm walking I, I, here. I, 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 don't, I don't know that you have to do that. I'm, I'm you're, walking you're, you're here. You're talking about a guy with a New York accent, and I'm looking at, at Augie from Augie's Barbecue that has just walked in here to Radio Row. I mean, you talk about people you don't expect to see. Yeah. Actually, his, his good friend is a, uh, uh, Admiral Cruz, A.B. Cruz. 
Um, so I, I know this weekend, Augie is riding Admiral Cruz's coattails so he can have a whole <laughs> lot of fun here in Boston. Well, I'm sure that uh, he'll get repaid. A little barbecue. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Admiral Cruz takes some golfing, too. Well, there you go. Or the other way around. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, that, that's how it goes. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. You know, the uh, ultimate Led Zeppelin experience is coming soon to uh, the Aztec theater i mean the, the concert's may 2nd so we got tickets that we can give away right now and if you don't win them you can always buy them at livenation.com but if you want to go uh, see the ultimate led zeppelin experience we've got a pair of tickets we're giving away right now uh, to uh, caller number nine two one zero six five six espn six five six three seven seven six caller number nine Call now. You get to get some tickets. Good luck. Good luck with that. Uh, we've got more coming up from Boston. The Army Navy Radio Row presented by USAA here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minnick. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52. Buffalo. 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix in Boston. Army Navy Radio Row presented by USAA. And, you know, every year we come to this, it's always go Navy, beat Army. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. Finally, now, now, you got somebody. Now, Joe is, is taking Army this year just because, well, mainly because he knows I'm going to take Navy, right? And and we, we, we've talked to some Army types. Now we get to talk to one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played for the Naval Academy. Uh, Keenan Reynolds joining us here. Man, you, you got to talk some good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uplift the Navy spirit, man. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's been a uh, a crazy year, lots of adversity, but to be in a situation here where we can have a non-losing record for the first time since 2019, if I remember, if my memory serves me correctly, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean that's a that's a, a really good accomplishment, right? So like I've been I've been tracking these guys super hard all year. Um, I've definitely been had my moments where I've been critical, um, but we're here now. This is this is the game. Like this is a real a lot riding on this game. We got an opportunity to spoil our Army's you know desires to get the CIC uh, back up in the West Point. Um, we can make have them have a losing season, and we can finish six and six. I think this is like enough to play for for the guys. And then and obviously if, if you don't even need all that, it's just Army, right? Let's just beat Army. Like, <laughs> we can we can throw all that away and just say this is the game between you know our our, our most heated rivals, um, and you want to win it for pride reasons and and for the memories that you create especially as a senior you know Keenan, we we've been talking to a lot of people that uh, go to the game some of their first time some have been here for a long time but finally talking to you you played in the game mm-hmm. what is that like it's it's an experience unlike any other um the atmosphere i i, I mean i was I on the sideline and i played in some nfl games but i just i don't remember anything that came close it is just a, as big as it gets. I mean, you got a game here where, you know, it could be some times where both teams aren't going to a bowl game. Both teams could be 10-win teams. It doesn't matter. The atmosphere is still the same. And, it, and 
all the things that kind of surround the game, the pageantry, you know, media role. The only other place that I'm tracking that has a media role is the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's incredible to be a part of. It's incredible to play. And every time I go to the games, I get the same interior feeling that I did when I was a player. Yeah, it's so awesome. One awesome. of, uh, what, four guys from Navy that has their uh, jersey retired? Something, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you and Roger Staubach. All right. I mean, you think about the uh, career that you had at, at the academy and what this means. Because a lot of times, I mean, you, you look at the Army-Navy game and, you know, there's so much talk about what the quarterback can do and what the quarterback means to the team. Especially, we learned that with the college football playoff committee. Quarterback gets hurt, Florida State doesn't make yeah. the playoff. I mean, I know it's a team sport, but it starts with the most important position on the field, and that's the QB. Well, you know, in the option offense, everything kind of runs through the quarterback. You got to be able to understand what the defense is doing, get the get the team in the right play. The coach EMI and coach Asper used to always tell me my job was, you know, three things. Number one, get us in the right play. Number two, get the ball to the right person. Number three, take care of the ball. That's all I had to do, game in, game out, to do my job, right? So in an offense like that where so much falls on the quarterback, um, you know, you got to be sharp. And when you're not sharp, you know, it, it reflects in the way that the team plays offensively. And ultimately, if you're not doing things well offensively, the defense can be stout. They can be stout. They can be stout. But eventually, if you're not helping them out and doing your part, they're eventually going to break. You know, in, running an offense like that, I would imagine, yeah, I mean, you've got to be into the game completely because your decision-making has got to be quick, doesn't it? I mean, I think it's a lot of reps, a lot of film. It almost kind of like being on the field, it felt like I was just like I saw it differently I, I can't really describe it it was just one of those things where i had feel like i i got to a point where you know you obviously you got your keys but you you just could tell and from reps and reps and reps what somebody was going to do whether or not they showed it right away you kind of knew what they were going to do and like being able to, to trust that that feel and like i said all that just comes from practice and repetition um i think that's really what what helped me have success while i was playing keenan reynolds here on the blitz keenan you you look at what it takes to be quarterback at the academies. And I know with some of the changes in rules with the blocking, you're seeing a little more shotgun. We saw Army come into San Antonio earlier this year against Mm -hmm. UTSA, and, you know, they threw the ball, I think, five times on first down, completely catching (laughs) UTSA off guard. But with those rule changes, is there more of an emphasis on making sure that your quarterback at the academies now can throw the ball effectively. Yeah, you know, I think the rule, the, the cut block in the interior and then not being able to cut on the, on the perimeter really, you know, puts a dent in some of the things that we really were really good at when I was playing running a triple. And I think that it, it just causes you as a play caller to have to come up with new ways. How do, we, how do we still run our offense? How do we still run triple? But how do we do it in new ways? How do we utilize our talent, the people that we recruited, the people that we have, and put them in the best positions to be successful? Like a really, really tough challenge for the coaches to, to kind of fight back against. I bet it is. Take us back to your decision process. You had an opportunity to go play football at other places. You Not chose, many. It, Not that many, well, but yeah. yeah. A few, but you chose Navy. Why? It was the people. I went on my visit. Well, let me back up. Before I even got to my visit, the Army-Navy game was something that I watched when I was in high school. Uh, I'll never forget seeing it on a TV at a, at a Longhorn Steakhouse, and I was just <laughs> like, first of all, there's Navy playing at Longhorn Steakhouse. That, that doesn't happen <laughs> often, right? And then the second thing is, man, look, you could just tell through the screen. You got CBS, and I'm, I grew up in Tennessee, so CBS was synonymous. It still is synonymous with, with SEC football. Yeah. It's the Alabamas, the yeah. Tennessees, the Georgias. That's who you see playing on CBS on Saturdays. Here's Navy on CBS. You got my favorite commentators, 
you know, on on CBS, CBS and it's Vern and, and Gary. And so I'm like, man, this is as good as it gets, right? And so I go into my visit, and I go to Annapolis, blown away by the campus, blown away by where it's at. It's on the water. It looks beautiful. But the people there, the players, the team, uh, the, the, the football guys I got to hang out with, the coaches, I just felt like this is where I want to be. Like it felt like a second family. And that held true because I'm, I'm best friends with people that I play with. I still have relationships with Coach Jasper, Coach Nehemiah, Coach Ingram who recruited me. Coach Jasper was like almost like a second father to me. So um, these people, you know, they, they leave a large imprint on your life. And, you know, when you're making decisions about where to go to college, it can really kind of kickstart where you go from a trajectory perspective uh, in your life's path. Keenan Reynolds here on the Blitz. You know what's so cool about hearing you just describe that? On Wednesday, the San Antonio High School Player of the Year, a kid named Jackson Gutierrez, was on with us uh, from John Jay High School, and they had an incredible regular season, 10 wins, uh, which they haven't done. In, I mean, they're a team that's normally either four or five wins if they're lucky, and this year they were incredible. He's Player of the Year. He's committed to Navy. Play quarterback. Why Navy? And what you just talked about with Coach Jasper, uh, Coach Newberry, getting on campus, that was all of it, man. Yeah. I mean, that's the culture. And so, yeah, I, obviously, I can't speak for anywhere else. I could just speak for what I know. Uh, but it's very interesting that, that that's kind of what Like, what's literally, waiting. that was Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> that sure was. Hearing, yeah. hearing all of that. And, and when we asked him, are, are they going to let you play quarterback? And he said, that's what I'm being recruited. That's what they told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how difficult is it to play quarterback at the Naval Academy? I mean, it's tough, especially if you're coming in direct. Uh, you got to get through plebe summer. So, like, I, I remember I got, like, I was up to, like, 190. I was biggest I ever been. I was, like, buck 70 in high school. So, I'm, like, I'm putting on weight. I'm strong. I'm fast. Then you go to plebe summer, and you're running miles every day. <laughs> and you come out of plebe summer, like, 10, 15 pounds lighter. And then you're, oh, by the way, you're going into fall camp. So, you're a freshman. You haven't seen the playbook at all. And now you're coming into fall camp where we're going against upperclassmen that have been doing this all summer. They've been practicing all summer. They got a year. They got spring ball ahead of you. So it's really, really tough as a plebe to come in and make an impact. And so my, my advice would be to anybody coming in is, like, try to find opportunities if you can in the spring. Like, I, I went for spring break my senior year to, to spend time on campus. Like, just get, you know, indoctrinated to the offense as early as possible. And then when you get your opportunity in the fall, you got to take it seriously. You got to take every moment and opportunity that you have to study the plays and understand the playbook. You got to take it seriously. And eventually, you know, knowing what to do will get you noticed because not a lot of people know what to do, right? And then when you get your opportunities, you take advantage of it because you know what to do. You're not thinking, and you just let your natural talent shine. You know, Keenan, the, the respect that I have for any athlete that goes to the academies uh, is incredible because you don't get a lot of practice time. And not only that, you're not, I mean, you're working. Yeah. All day on other things. How, how do you manage all that? Yeah, no, it's it's, it's ruthless prioritization, as I said <laughs> earlier. I mean, you you only got time for certain things, right? You got school, you got military, you got ball. That's it. Everything else is extra. Maybe I can do it. Maybe I can't. And so, understanding that, it's a really valuable lesson. It's it's a key to success at the academy, and then it's been the key to success for me, not only at the academy and my military career, but in the NFL as a husband and father. And, you know, in my time at Palantir, that's really kind of been the things, those lessons learned at the academy has been what has, like, propelled me and allowed me to kind of get in an unfamiliar situation and find my way around. I know, awesome. uh, Keaton, you're, you're doing some work now that we'll talk about, but you also played in the XFL. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, now the XFL and the USFL are, are merging. They're, I they're, saw that. They're, 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 are you done, or are you going to try to? No, no, it? I am retired. No, I got, you're not. I got, <laughs> no, I'm retired. I got, I got kids. I got a family, and so I got to be making sure I'm, I'm, I'm beyond my playing stage now. I've, I've, I've I'm ready to, 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 I've been ready since really the pandemic to kind of move on into other things. So tell us what you're doing now, then. If, yeah. If, 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 because so what you're doing now isn't until the, the next football no, no, opportunity no, 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 no. comes this is, along. This is, you know, this is one of those opportunities being at Palantir, which is the uh, the official software sponsor for the game. But being here uh, at this company and being part of the mission that they stand for has been amazing. You know, very oftentimes you have, like, many opportunities. You go to a place and it could be kind of mind-numbing work. You know, you clock in, you clock out. But here, the opportunity to work on very unique problems next to the warfighter, build software that, you know, gets after their issues and problem sets is truly a blessing and, and, and a really amazing opportunity. And then you, meeting, you know, my, my coworker Alex, who's been with me all day, uh, he's not here right now, but meeting people like Alex and different veterans across the company, uh, that's been incredible too. The support there for the veterans to allow them to do what they need to do for the reserves. Like I'm a reservist um, and I still I have to drill. I have to do my two weeks a year and they are totally supportive of that. They've got programs centered around that. I mean, it's just a very unique place to kind of combine the best of technology, the smartest people in the world that have the most incredible backgrounds with a mission that really means something. You How? still get butterflies like tomorrow? Oh, for sure. Kickoff? When, 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 when they run out of that tunnel with the flyover synchronized, that's going to be... Ooh. There's nothing like it. There's nothing <laughs> it, like there's it. Nothing like nothing it. Nothing like it. It's going to be incredible. P A L A N T I R dot com is the website. Yes, sir. Palantir dot com. Take a visit. You know, see what we got to offer. And uh, you know, again, just an incredible company with an incredible mission. Go Navy. Be Army. <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> Keenan Reynolds, uh, Navy legendary quarterback. Look. Roger Staubach, Keenan Reynolds. What do they have in common? <laughs> Nobody at the Academy will ever wear those numbers. That's awesome. That is that awesome. Is awesome. Coming up, uh, the other side, uh, the athletic director from West Point will join us. I'll try to get him to say beat Army. Actually, I'm going to try Why to Why would say, he say beat Army? Uh, because I'm going to try to, I'm going to encourage him to sing first. Are you going to try and trick him or what? We'll, we'll see. All right. We'll, we'll do that. Coming up here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Monday on r in the Morning, we're joined by NFL insider Todd Archer at 7.30. We react to Cowboys versus Eagles. We got the in-season tournament recap. And, of course, we're going to be always talking silver and black. Now back to the Blitz. Jason, Joe, who y'all got, Army or Navy? Welcome back to the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Menix in Boston as we continue prepping for tomorrow's Army-Navy game presented by USAA, now joined by Mike Buddy, the West Point Athletic Director. Um, Army-Navy weekend, uh, and i got to be I'm a, I'm a Navy guy. Um, <laughs> well, this, this this isn't starting off very well. Yeah, you guys get along, will you? Uh, well, we are going to get okay, along. Okay, I was just, just fine because no, I'm, I'm kidding. From one of the things that I appreciate what you guys were able to accomplish in joining the American is keeping this game and this tradition alive, even though both teams are now in the same conference. Well, I did too. And and to be honest with you, if if that was not going to be um, an option, then joining the conference wouldn't have been an option for us. And certainly having the Naval Academy already in the league helped Um, Commissioner Oresco having worked on the army navy property as a television executive and understanding the importance of of the rivalry game that certainly helped as well so we're thrilled to be able to to join a conference of so many great institutions and still protect this great tradition 
You know, when you get you guys gear up for this week and and the how special it is. Do you do you feel a buzz uh, around where you work and and with with everybody there? It's just a little bit different. Absolutely, and it's not just in the athletics offices. It is across West Point's post. Um, Top to bottom, academics and military folks, we all have a little bit of extra hop in our step. There's certainly more work to be done, um, but it's, it's so well worth it to give both of these groups of young men, um, you know, the opportunity to be, on, to be showcased on, on a national stage when they don't get a fifth year of eligibility or a sixth year, or sure the hell aren't getting a seventh year of eligibility. <laughs> um, it's important that when they get an opportunity to play, you know, where Tom Brady won Super Bowls, like it's a special opportunity for them that they'll create memories for their lifetimes. Mike Buddy, the uh, West Point Athletic Director here on, on the Blitz. Um, seventh year, was that a shot at Frank Harris from UTSA? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll tell you what. We've played UTSA for the last five years. Yeah. Um, and, and this year, you know, obviously you don't ever want somebody to be injured, but, but Frank missing that game is, is a huge impact, and he's a phenomenal kid. And, you know, um, you had a running back with, with one of my favorite names a few years ago that, that I, I, I don't miss either. Um, but, we've, you know, we've had four great games against Coach Trailer, who I hope he gets a great opportunity to go to a Power Five <laughs> in, in, in the coming future. <laughs> Uh, but, but that's part of it too, right? Lisa Campos has done a phenomenal job with that program, and you know, having used them as a barometer, right? Because they're they're kicking butt in the American, and and we've been competitive with them, and that kind of allays some of your fears. Um, but uh, but yeah, when you got to deal with guys like Sincere McCormick and and Frank, that's it, it, we don't hate to see them graduate. <laughs> How is it coming to San Antonio when you guys come to San Antonio? Everything you could imagine, right? I mean, it is such a patriotic city, you know, the home of USAA, which is the best partner any organization could hope for from, from Wayne Peacock on down. Um, the fans treat us tremendously well. You know, if you've been to those games, right? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of Army fans that live in San Antonio and live in El Paso, and they, they make that trip. So uh, we love coming there. It's you know The Riverwalk's one of my favorite places for a, a morning run and then an evening um, beer and a shot, too. So uh, we're, we're excited to continue to get the opportunity to come to beautiful cities like San Antonio. When you guys, when Army travels, and you know I grew up Army. My dad's retired Army. My brother was in the Army. In fact, the uniform uh, was my brother's division in, in Desert Storm. And a couple of years ago, my dad was 25th ID um, in Vietnam, and, and Army wore that uniform. So growing up, Army, when you guys travel as a football team, do you see what we see in San Antonio? Like Everybody's there for the home team, but they're also rooting for Army as well? We do. Um, certainly, I think San Antonio maybe has a little bit extra. And I would say most of the state of Texas, uh, Louisiana, North and South Carolina, they there's a little bit more uh, of a turnout, perhaps, but everybody treats our kids as you would hope that they treat them. Uh, we went to Michigan my first year, and, and everybody was so cordial, and we went into the fourth quarter with a seven-point lead, and they got a little bit less cordial, but still <laughs> still phenomenally well-treated. Um, yeah, they and it's just it's a respect thing, right? I mean, even... You know, as much as we want to beat Navy, like I've just, I have so much respect for what those young men have, have volunteered to do. Same with Air Force. So uh, we're treated accordingly. And it's, it's nice to see in the world of college athletics when name, image, and likeness and pay for play and employees and all these things are, are you know, invading the, the national pastime. It's, it's good to see kind of this, this purest form still of amateurism. 
and and the, the way that people embrace it and appreciate it. You know, it's it's interesting that you brought that up. You were talking off air about NIL. How how does Army handle something like that? Well, you know, I, I, what we like to tell people is we're the original NIL, right? I mean, our kids get paid. Uh, the cadets that enroll at, at West Point get a paycheck, and they have since I think 1802 when when it was founded. So, uh, but but they can't they can't get anything above and beyond that for for their name or their image or their likeness. So we are in the same boat. It, it, we already compete against Air Force and Navy and everything because we're the most similar, right? Like like any group of of institutions. Uh, but as this thing continues to go down the, 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 the way that it's going, it's even more important that we compare ourselves to each other because we're all in the same boat and that we have to recruit young people who, who don't care that they can't, they can't take advantage of the NIL. And uh, we make up for it in, in toughness and tradition and discipline and, and you know, intellectual stimulation and, and chemistry, right? It's hard, it's hard to be a coach at a Power 5 institution and you're getting 30 new players every year, and you've got to get them to play together as a unit. And that's one of the advantages where we think staying at the academy for four years develops that, that cohesion that's necessary to win in all sports. Mike Buddy, the West Point Athletic Director here on the Blitz. I, I find it interesting having talked to different you know coaches and administrators at the academies through the years and the challenge of who you're able to go recruit. You're, you're not going to be the biggest, strongest, fastest because they've got to fit in certain vehicles. And, you know, it's, it's school first in your, in your future. Now with, you know, like every week when Jeff Trailer comes on with us, you know, there's talk about trying to get a donation to the NAL, get the indoor built, you know, recruiting your players, guys coming after them. Do you, in a way, kind of feel insulated from the rest of college football with problems that you're glad you don't have to deal with? A thousand percent. Now, now we have other challenges, right? But, but, but those aren't any of them. And, and you know, I, I credit Coach Munkin for being able to find young men who, who for the most part, don't have a lot of Division One offers, and, and we're able to convince them to come to Army. We're able to convince them that serving your country for five years is a noble and worthwhile uh, feat. And so uh, when we get the opportunity to attract those young men, um, to your point, they, they, they have to be able to do pull-ups, and they have to be able to run two miles under 14 minutes. And, um, you know, things like that can be a challenge, but, you know, they don't have to do that until they graduate. And so what's interesting is you'll see our offense and defensive linemen who will play their final game as, as seniors at 300 pounds. And by graduation, they weigh about 215 because <laughs> they've shed all that weight so that they can meet all of those fitness requirements, which is, you know, just another reason to just appreciate these young men. What is a day in the life of an Army football player during the season? Well, it's early, right? I mean, they start earlier than I ever wake up. I mean, they're getting up at some times when I would still be getting back in uh, in my younger days. Uh, but, you know, it's just a routine, and, and they don't have a lot of flexible time. If you're, if you're a cadet athlete in any sport at West Point, you're up at 530, you're, you're going to mandatory breakfast, you have mandatory formation. We're not allowed to touch them until 3 o'clock, and so they have commitments on the military side. They really don't get to do summer school like a traditional university has summer school, um, but that's okay, right? It's, it's Missing summer school because you're learning how to operate a tank or, or fire a, a mortar is way more important for what these kids are going to be doing. So I tell people at West Point, once you've fulfilled your academic and military duties on any given day, with whatever time we have left— we try to train you on the field or on the wrestling mat or in the pool to be a leader of character and to be competitive at the Division One level. But some days that might only be an hour and a half. And some days it might be the full three and a half hours that, that other civilian institutions get. 
And we just have to have coaches who are okay with that. And for the most part, um, we, we can still be competitive, even though we don't have that full day that some schools, and sadly in today's world, I feel like there are some institutions that, that want you focused on your weight room, your nutrition, your film study, your practice, your lifts. Uh, and with whatever time is left over, maybe you go to class. Uh, and that's an exaggeration probably. But I love that at the Academy, our priorities seem to be in, a, in alignment with at least what I believe a college athlete's day should be like. Mike Buddy here on uh, the Blitz 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I think about, I mean, you're a baseball player, played Major League Baseball. You're, unless your background uh, growing up, but I mean, you, you know, military experience. You take over as athletic director at West Point. How long did it take you to figure out how different it was at the Academy? Well, I'm in year five, and I'm still figuring it out, to be, to be honest with you. And, and you're right, Jason. Now, I'm as civilian as civilian can be, and I just thought, are you sure you you want to talk to me about this job? And, and the three-star general at the time, who's now a four-star, General Williams, who hired me, said, everybody here knows the military inside and out, but none of us know how to go find a good soccer coach or what the NCAA rules are or how to navigate conference realignment or ne negotiate a CBS deal or a Nike apparel contract. So... Um, I understood quickly that my lane was to operate this athletic department within the left and right limits that the, the superintendent and the chair, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staffs and the Secretary of Defense lay out for us, um, and whatever I can do to keep us competitive and really honestly provide just an extraordinary experience for these young people uh, while they get to compete as Division One athletes. That That's my job, um, but I certainly know that, that first and foremost, these kids need to understand their military uh, expectations and to be trained so that they can lead our sons and daughters and defend our constitution. That's going to be a lot more important than did we maximize our, our training time to win a tennis Patriot League championship. All right, Mike, as a St. Louis Cardinal fan, I won't hold it against you that you play for the Yankees and the Milwaukee Brewers, which is actually worse than the Yankees as far as I'm concerned. How, what, what was it like being a big league ball player? Uh, it's a it's a dream, right? I mean, I was a five year old kid, and I told my parents I want to be a major league baseball player. And you know, I think a lot of five year olds say that. And you know, I I was able to to get the the, the taste of of the real experience. And one of my favorite memories was in St. Louis, and it was uh, after the nine eleven attacks. The first professional baseball game back was the Brewers at in St. Louis. Um, we were the only major league baseball game that day, uh, and I remember standing in the outfield with our with my bullpen mate saying, hey, if a plane comes towards us, like, which way are we going to run? I mean, are you, for those of us who lived through 9-11, wow. th those were the thoughts. Uh, but to, to be there and, you know, have Joe Buck and uh, all the, 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 the way that St. Louis embraces this country and, and that sport, it was pretty awesome to get the opportunity to do that. But I didn't get the pitch and we lost. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. For you. Not that you didn't get the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen to this guy, right? <laughs> that guy. <laughs> But, you know, that, that Brewers, I can live with the Yankees. It's the Brewers that gave me a hard time. Well, the, uh, the, the Brewers weren't much uh, in the, on the, the leaderboard when I was there. Yeah. We, we, we struggled, but, uh, but it was cool because, you know, when I, I pitched for the Yankees on a really good team and I was an average guy, and I only got to pitch when we were up by 10 runs or down by 10 runs or if it was like the 16th inning and everybody else was spent. But going to Milwaukee, I got to pitch in some, some close games, and we lost most of them, but, but it was great to be able to compete at that level. That's awesome. I, I know, uh, knucklehead the way I'm going to say this, and it's true, but, I, I mean, looking back on it, in the midst of it, you want to pitch, right? But how cool is it to be the up-10 run, down-10 run guy? You're getting a paycheck. You're at the games. You're a Major League Baseball player without the, um, 
uh, stress and the, uh, the the fans ripping you if if things aren't going well. Man, I mean, the Uptown, that's a pretty good life. <laughs> well, let's be clear. In the Bronx, if you're up by 15 and you give up a home run, you're still going to hear it. You're still going to hear about it. I, I know from, from fact. <laughs> good stuff. Mike Buddy, athletic director at West Point. Good luck tomorrow. I, I, I mean, You don't mean that, do you? You know, I do. I, I mean, look, <laughs> I grew up Army. Uh, I went Navy. I was the smart one. I wanted a beach in my business and not live in a tank, right? But but at the same time, I mean, uh, it, it's always a fun game. I want Navy to win, yep. but I, I think we all win. Just, you know, have a no great question. football game. That's what it's about. Well, we know it's going to be a hard-fought, you know, heavyweight battle like it always is. And just, like I said, so much respect for those of you who have served, and thank you. Um, it's going to be a... It's going to be whoever's got the football last. It almost always is. You know, and, and I'll say it this way. I hope you guys sing first. <laughs> <laughs> you got to delete that out of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mike, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you both. Thanks, appreciate Mike. your time. Appreciate it. It's live. Not deleting Not anything. <laughs> no, sorry, sir. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Obviously, lots of talk about the Army-Navy game, but Sunday night, it is Cowboys, it is Eagles. And you know there's a lot of trash talk amongst the fans. Yeah. The media. Dak Prescott is literally talking bleep about the Philadelphia Eagles. And by bleep, you mean poop. Yes. I, okay. Well, he uses the S word, oh. and, and I, I like my job. So I'm sweet say little bleep. Dak. Yeah, he's talking a lot of bleep. Yeah, poop. We'll explain and let you hear it straight from Dak next on the Blitz on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix in Boston. Army Navy Radio Row presented by USAA. Of course, the Army Navy game tomorrow. A game you can listen to here on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. I'm excited about that. Kind of excited about doing a pregame show tomorrow from Gillette Stadium. That will be cool, won't it? Well, it's going to be cold. Um, I'm, I'm assuming we won't be outside, but we're going to be uh, in the elements. And, and when I say kind of excited, I look forward to the show that tomorrow morning will start at 10 a.m. I'm not looking forward to the wake-up call that we are going to have tomorrow morning to do said show tomorrow from the stadium. Yeah, it's going to be a little early because it's, uh, what, about an hour bus ride or so, something like that? Well, it's interesting. It, it, it's technically, like if you Google it up, it's 45 minutes from where we're at at the Weston Copley Place, Copley Place, whatever the hell it is, um, out to Foxborough. But it will take, they're, they're, they're guesstimating an hour and a half. Traffic. Traffic. What's well, Saturday. It's game day. All right. Uh, look, they're the logistics things. They, I guess. They know how to move people around. And so, um, uh, you know, there, there's that. I but think I, I am looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that. It's got, all four of us are going to be doing the show. Uh, Rob and Rudy from R&R in the morning, you and I. And, and but so they're, it'll, but they're it'll be, used to getting up early. Well, they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow they did today. I don't know how. Um, especially one of those guys. I won't mention Rudy's name, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we suffice it to say we had a good time last night. We had a great time. Yeah, we did last night, and we're going to have a great time Whew. tonight. And I want the great times to continue this weekend. 
In all honesty, I mean, I want Navy to win, and it was fun uh, joking with the athletic director there at West Point, Mike Buddy, who apparently, according to the Wookiee who just sent me a message, trained Kevin Costner for a movie role. Really? I I mean, that guy played for the Yankees, trained Kevin Costner, and now he's the AD at Army. Um yeah, his life doesn't suck, right? No, not but, at all. But Sunday night, it's all about Cowboys and Eagles. It really is all about Cowboys and Eagles. And we're seeing we're seeing a different Dak Prescott leading into this game, right? I mean, he is embracing all the crap that he takes, right? The whole here we go thing, it's turned into a song. Uh, you know, he here we seems go! He seems to be a lot more open during some of his media sessions. I mean, you know, there are some articles uh, about his, I don't know, the trainer he hired and, and, you know, making sure his body's right. It's like Tom Brady stuff, you know, how, he, you know, and the money that it takes. I mean, there's a, a Got his girlfriend pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah all yeah, of those I, things. I mean, absolutely. I mean, the guy is scoring on and off the field. <laughs> I mean, life is good. And Cowboys-Eagles coming up. And, you know, there is a lot of crap talk when it comes to that and now we're getting not cliche stuff from Dak Prescott little talk about crap as a professional quarterback I get a lot of sh- indecisiveness <laughs> in the red zone most overrated quarterback you got more turnovers than a bank sale and I get it when you're not a fan of something shitting on it can make you feel good but what if I told you that now it can do some good too let me show you how First, if you're 45 or older, talk to your doctor about getting screened for colon cancer. Then, if you're prescribed a home screening kit like this, grab the sample collection container and place a sticker of something you want to shit on right on the underside. Not a fan of marine life? Eagle sticker. Slap it on. (laughs) Have issues with old-timey prospectors? Boom. It works with anything from colors to large American predatory birds. (laughs) Then... Follow the instructions on collecting and shipping your sample. Here we go! And in about two weeks, you'll have the results. It's that easy to get screened for colon cancer and make your feelings abundantly clear. So talk to your doctor today. Home screening kits like Colagard are for people 45 yeah, or older. Okay. Dude, that, that is ge- a genius commercial. Whoever came up with that. I, I mean, look, I mean, they want you to join the bowel movement, I suppose. But when you look at, at, at what they're doing, you know, in the commercial, the little bucket you're going to poop in, he put a 49er sticker on it and the, another version with an Eagle sticker. It's hilarious. Well, it's funny. Yeah, it really is. I, I wouldn't have poked the bear, <laughs> so to speak, with, right, uh, with uh, the 49ers. Now, the Eagles, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, it was genius. It's funny. If you haven't seen that, uh, look it up and, and, and watch it. It's, uh, it's, it's good. I, I mean, now he, you know, when you, when you see the video, and I, am, I, I mean, he doesn't just leave it to the Eagles and, and, uh, and the 49ers. He makes fun of the Browns, uh-huh. the Dolphins. But, you know, it's, he, would nothing, he would love nothing more than the poop all over the Eagles on Sunday night. No, I mean, he would love to, and he needs to. But, look, that commercial is, is excellent. And I'm glad that Dak is, a, you know, the kind of guy that can turn negatives into positives. That's, that's all wonderful. Just beat somebody with a winning record. Well, you? I mean, that's what he's got to do. But, I mean, you think about, now, obviously, you know, colon cancer is what his mother passed away from. So, you know, it's uh, a cause that he is certainly 
willing to support. But, you know, the beginning of that commercial when it's the people that talks about how much he sucks, it's like the uh-huh. tweet segment. He owns it. He's funny. That was good. That is a different Dak Prescott that isn't reserved, isn't guarded, isn't so structured with everything. That We're seeing a different Dak off the field like we are seeing a different Dak on the field. Well, and I'm sure that whatever uh – what is it called? Colon blow? Uh, I, no, it, whatever it, that's called probably paid him a, a handsomely. Well, they did the collateral cancer awareness thing. I don't know what it's called. It's called it's it's a campaign called Lead from Behind. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I didn't make that up. Lead from behind. Lead See, from behind. Whoever their their people are over there at uh, Cola Guard or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, they they deserve a raise. That is a, an excellent. Can you imagine it, sitting around an office talking? Man, boy, that Dak Prescott sure is getting hammered by you know the media and this and that. And ding, I got an idea. Yeah. Well, it, that's beautiful. But the idea is approved of and accepted by Dak Prescott. I'm just sad I wasn't one of the voices in there. They should have asked me. Uh, Ask pledge. Well, to find. Are, are, are you going to make it dump day instead of, <laughs> <laughs> instead of maybe so? Day? I mean, dump day. <laughs> Dak dump. Dump day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was genius. That's great. I I cannot wait for that football game. I'm looking forward to it. You think about the game coming up. In, in, in all seriousness, uh, does appear everything is fine now with. Uh, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, he's back today. He's down in Oregon, but he's back at work. Game plan is going in. And the magnitude of the game, I mean, we're in Boston. And there are, I don't know, 25, 30 radio stations. You got Sirius XM types. You have uh, all the different, uh, uh, from all over the country. Yeah, right. yeah, no doubt. All talking Cowboys-Eagles. Yes. All talking about the Dallas Cowboys. We were talking with uh, some dudes from San Diego. Boy, Dak, he's, he's playing different this year. He's going to win MVP. Does it matter if he doesn't win in the playoffs? That And that's where I'm at. As great as he's playing right now, and I want to see it continue here in the month of December through this gauntlet that the Cowboys have, but when you look at what – none of this matters if they're not successful in the postseason. True. MVP is a regular season award, though, right? It, it, so it he, can, he can win it regardless of what he does in the playoffs. But, but, but I hear what you're saying. But, but think about this. I, I mean, because they close the voting when, when they do, right, at the end of the regular season. It's not announced until the night before the Super Bowl on that honors night. If the Cowboys are out early again and he wins that trophy, I mean, think about the bleep talk for the next commercial that they're going to be able to get, right, for uh, for, for this. No, there's no question. I, I mean, you said early on in the year, back in August, uh, at least get to the NFC championship game. And I do think that is like the minimum bar that the Cowboys have to cross this year. You know, beating a crappy NFC South team in Atlanta or New Orleans or whoever trips into that division title, uh, fine. Uh, second round is going to be likely on the road in a tough environment. Can they do that and at least get to the NFC Championship game? Because I think if they can do that, 
NFC Championship game. I mean, let's go. That, that's, what it, that's what it boils down to. But I, I, you got another big game on Sunday night. Can, can you get a big game again out of Dak Prescott? Well, you're going to have to. Because the Eagles got embarrassed last week. You know they're going to come in fired up. They're going to want to win. Not that you need any extra motivation for this game. But, look, it, again, it's, it's right now. It's, it begins Sunday night, and then the three games after that, for Dak Prescott, for anybody that thinks he's the MVP, he has to win three of those at least. I think, and play well in all of them before he gets MVP. If they stumble and go two and two, and then then he's not winning MVP. You know, and again, I agree with you. At the same time, it depends on how they lose. Because what I'm not worried, it's weird to say this, but follow me. I'm not worried about Dak on Sunday night. And I know his history in big games. I'm more worried about the defense. After what we saw last week, and and I, I I don't know if they were exposed. I don't know. I mean, but I think you could see the the they were bo- exposed. The boards bending, and then they finally broke against Seattle. Can Dan Quinn get it fixed? Was that just a weird matchup where you know Pete Carroll got the better of Dan Quinn because he knows what like what Dan Quinn likes to do? At the same time, I thought that Dan Quinn and that defense made nice adjustments in the second half, and they should get credit on a very bad game for getting three fourth-down stops in that fourth quarter to close that thing out. Well, we'll give them credit, and but they allowed 35 points. And that's to a Seattle team that, I, I don't know, played San Francisco the week before, and the Niners shut them down. Yeah. And that was in Seattle. So, I mean, it, it depends on how you look at it. And I, and I don't like to use comparisons like that because each – Sunday in the NFL is completely different, and it's all its own. The Cowboys need this game more than the Eagles need this game. Um, I'm sure the Eagles don't see it that way, but it's true because I still believe the Cowboys can't go on the road and win in the playoffs, not against a Philly or San Francisco. Um, So they need this. They need to win that division somehow, some way, uh, if they have any any chance of of getting all the way to Vegas. It's a weird game. Where what you just said, I think, is right and also wrong. I think for both of these teams, it's one of those that you can't. I don't know that one team needs this game more than the other because I don't know that Philadelphia can go into San Francisco and get a win in the playoffs. If you're looking at not only winning the NFC East and getting at least one home game, but you're on track to get the number one overall seed in home field advantage. And I don't know, the you old know, Cowboys need that. Oh, sure. All right. I think Philadelphia is probably thinking the same thing. Um, I mean, Philadelphia, if they lose on Sunday night, all right, now they both have three losses. And you know, their schedule's easier going down the stretch. But I think for Philadelphia, they've got to be looking at it more than just NFC East. They're trying to hang on to that number one overall seed. I get that. And playoffs are important, but for the Dallas Cowboys mentally and to get the media off their backs, they have to beat a team that is a good football team. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles. That's their opportunity this Sunday night. They lose this game. I don't even I don't care if it's if it's you know twenty-three to twenty-two. Uh, it doesn't matter. They need to beat a good football team, and they've got their opportunity Sunday. Yeah, it can't be a moral victory. No. 
Not that there are, but it, it can't be one no. of those like in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago for the Cowboys. As we continue here in Boston, Army Navy Radio Row, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, um, uh, Brian Jones used to play for the Long yep. now works for CBS Sports. He's going to join us at about 4.15. Reese Davis at 4.30. And the boss man is walking around, Wayne Peacock. We'll try to grab oh. him as well as we continue here on the Blitz, live in Boston on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94-1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1, San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jay Semenix. We are live in Boston. Army, Navy, Radio Row presented by USAA. And I tell people all the time, one of the best trips we take every year for work. No and, doubt. And look, it's 402. We, we've had, we've been going since San Antonio time. We had a breakfast at 7 a.m. We did. Uh, not only did we, well, we closed the bar, but they said, here's some more drinks. Stand outside in the lobby. Well, we got to close this thing out. I yeah. mean, you know, that's the beauty of, of Army Navy game. I mean, it's just, just fun. Uh, and, and there you go. And, I'm fortunate. I was part of the original. I was the guinea pig. Yeah, uh, you were. This station, uh, 2009. Hey, let's see if we could do this. And then it was three. And now I look around the room. And before he was the CEO, Wayne Peacock was the. Um, well, he was on on that road. like our first dinner in Philadelphia that year. There was eight people there. Ah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Peacock, the CEO of USAA, pretty amazing what this thing has turned into. Well, Jason, it's it's amazing how much progress we've made. If you go back to that period of time, you know, I've personally been involved, as you know, with the game since then. And boy, we have come a long way. Radio Row, now Media Row, is a good example of that. Today we're broadcasting all over the country, but America's game is prominent again. Um, and it's been a great partnership with the academies, with CBS, getting second Saturday you know, slot for the game as well to be able to celebrate the best college football has to offer, and I would say the best our country has to offer as well. You know, it's, it's really a no-brainer, USAA, Army-Navy game. I mean, they just go hand-in-hand. But w- what is it about this game that you guys just put so much into it? Well, look, um, everyone who's playing the game um, hopefully will be a member Most of the people who are watching the game are members as well. So this is clearly our audience, but it's bigger than that, right? It's an opportunity to tell the story of leadership and character and the development that happened at the academies. It's the opportunity to tell the story of the next generation of military leaders who are going to go on to defend our freedom. And it's an opportunity to really see college football at its purest form. What I love about this game, though, is these guys are going to go knock heads, as we know, for 60 minutes. And then they're going to take off the uniforms of their academy. They're going to put on the uniform of the U.S. military. And they're going to serve together to defend our freedom and ensure we all get a chance to live in this awesome, awesome country. Wayne Peacock joining us here on The Blitz, the CEO and president of USAA. You've had quite the Friday here in, in Boston. You know, We had breakfast. And then you went and gave away some cars with Rob Gronkowski. Yes, we did. So today we did what we've been doing for a couple of years, which are giving away cars 
to um, veterans primarily, although today we gave away one to an active duty sailor as well, as well who are in need. And in many cases, we're adapting these vehicles to their special circumstances. And we had the honor today to give away two of those cars. Um, Gronk helped us give those away. And we're out at Faneuil Hall here in Boston. Patriot Games happening, the spirit bands from both um, academies there at the same time. It was bedlam out there. And I'll tell you, there's a whole lot of folks who are trying to help Rob Gronkowski get membership. Um, I won't say anything more about that story, but it's pretty powerful out there of how many folks wanted Rob to kind of, you know, hook up and catch up so he could become a member. Well, there's jokes yeah. there. Let your yeah. imagination <laughs> run wild. A lot of, lot of uh, ladies, I assume, will I, that, I that, that have served so. or serving saying, yeah, we can uh, get you, yeah. Rob. There's yeah, a, my wife included cat. couldn't wait to get a picture oh, with Gronk stop. earlier. <laughs> how in the world did that partnership come together with Gronkowski? Well, look, over the years, we've tried to connect, you know, people in sports who care about the military to help tell the story in an authentic way. Um, and, you know, Rob, just probably of all the people we've looked at over the years, has tested kind of the highest in terms of the acceptability and the interest that people have. So we knew that he would be great there. And our team came up with this idea that, you know, there's a lot of folks who still don't know they're eligible for membership. Rob isn't. Many of our folks before who have who've helped us have been members. And it's like, why not create a campaign around becoming a member, right? Because that's a big part of our challenge today. There's still a lot of veterans who don't know that they can actually join. And the story has just been told over and over again, and we continue to build on it. And it has had incredible, incredible reception. When I was talking to Rob today, he goes, Wayne, you won't believe it. No matter where I am, just randomly, people will come up and ask me if I got my USA membership <laughs> um, yet. So, like, we've made him a star. He's made us a star. Well, he has. And, and, and the the just... You know, so many good campaigns yeah. out there that stick with you, yeah. and this is this is one of them. Yeah. And for him to obviously come to Boston, you know, where you know he kind of became famous, right? It just all of it ties in perfectly this year for the Army Navy game with everything you're doing with the game, uh, the Boston Tea Party, the deal you guys were doing out there yeah. yesterday. I mean, you know, kind of taking over the city of Boston. Well, it, you know, it's. To me, it's about how the game comes to life in these communities. I'll come back to Rob, though. I think what was so fascinating today was watching him um, engage with the two veterans. And it's clear that he cares about our military and he cares about what he's doing. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so, you know, I don't want to overuse the term special, is because you know like it comes from the heart uh, with him as well. But the hijinks are happening here in Boston. Boston's alive. Um, cities like Providence, actually, um, are housing 700 Naval Academy plebes. They've got 700 cots laid out in the Providence Convention Center. And that's where a bunch of the plebes are going to have to spend the night. That's part of the logistics of expanding out of the mid-Atlantic uh, to come up here to New England. Are you enjoying the fact that this game is moving to different cities? Is, is that good? Um, absolutely it is because you know you can tell the story as we're doing today on air or through social, but having the game come to life in these communities, that's really special. So being able to move it um, is great for the academies from a recruiting standpoint. It's more important because I think it sends the message to more people in our country about what military service and military sacrifice is all about. And when you see these young people that are at either one of the academies, you can't be anything but proud to know that this next generation of Americans are something special. Now, as you talk about the 
movement of the cities is Philadelphia. It was always Philadelphia, then Boston or Boston, a, a Baltimore, D.C. We've done New York first time in Boston. Uh, next couple years in different cities. Somebody listening right now is going to say, "What about San Antonio, the home of USAA?" Well, uh, we have talked about that a lot. And what I would say for um, everyone in San Antonio who wants to see the game come there, we got to raise an awful lot of money to deal with the logistics of getting sixteen thousand people uh, to, to San Antonio. I don't think it's out of the question, but it will require the San Antonio community to step up large to make that happen. Well, Wayne, you'll be happy to know that we were politicking on your behalf with the Secretary of the Army yeah. to try and get that done. Maybe take a little bit of that budget and throw it in there and she says come she's to San Antonio. She says she could find flights for 16000 <laughs> Nobody would notice. No one would notice. So we'll keep talking to her. So. <laughs> yeah, that I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't think uh, so. Not, not out of that budget we'll anyway. We'll keep working on it, okay. though. We'll, we'll, and, and, and bang that drum. Now, last year at the game... We get to the game, we're walking around the stadium, and we turn a corner, and some dude is cutting your hair. I didn't see that guy on the schedule today. Well, let's just say every year we're innovating and kind of moving forward. Um, I was asked today, what was the best haircut I've ever had? That was the best haircut I've ever really? had. Really? I'm really clear because he's got 12 million TikTok followers. So <laughs> I just want to make crystal clear that was the best haircut I ever had. You know, so. when people bring you ideas, when that one showed up on your desk, what was your first thought? Um, my first thought was no, um, like they generally are. And then I warmed up to the idea, and then I was... Um, I actually went to a Navy game earlier in the season, and I watched all of the mids rally around him at the game. And it's like, okay, like this is where the future is. Um, so, you know, Vic's got a big following, and like I'll uh, I'll have my hair cut. Has so. he become your regular guy? Uh, no, not yet, because okay. he's in Atlanta. So I'm not gonna like pick up sticks and uh, <laughs> just to go get a haircut. Do you have but. any surprises in store for us tomorrow? Uh, no, I think tomorrow will be just kind of a normal, innovative USAA day out. He's there. got something planned. We'll for have tomorrow. to uh -huh. yeah. we'll have to check uh -huh. that out. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, exactly. With, it, as the CEO of USAA, I know you're on the field for the, the coin toss, uh, all the different things that are going on, but there's so many generals, admirals, other you know, high-ranking Department of Defense types here. What's the coolest part of tomorrow's game day for you? Well, I still think the march-on itself is just magnificent. When you see that many people out there in formation, the commitment on their face, the discipline, it's just such a great symbol of how powerful and effective our military is. And then you see the faces of those cadets and mids, um, those bright, shining faces, and it just makes you proud you know, to be American. So I think the March On is still really, really special. Clearly, you know, being out and being able to talk to folks who are leading the military you know, is helpful for me, but the magic is really in the March On. And then look, you know, at the end of the game, no matter who wins, the two teams are going to come together. Um, the winner's going to sing second. And that tradition and the respect that they show for each other, to me, then, is the symbol of civility and character that we teach at the academies that is so much about what military discipline and military character is about. Yeah, we've had a lot of guests say they, they get goosebumps. Uh, you still get goosebumps out there? I do, yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you today, when I saw Sergeant Trevino, um, eyes when we unveiled um, the pickup truck for him and knew that we had done game, like life-changing work for him. Like I got goosebumps. I got tears in my eyes, really, because you know that you've made 
a huge, huge difference in someone's life. Um, and every day, the phone rings at USA 200,000 times, four or five million times. People are going to use our, our devices, um, you know, our digital devices to interact. And we know it could be small or large, but we're making a difference in veterans' lives every day. And that's what gets us up to come back tomorrow and make it even better. It's so awesome. Wayne Peacock, CEO and president of USAA. We're all a little bit competitive, right? You're, you're competitive. I'm competitive. So is Joe. You got to help us out here. We we go back a long way, right? So this morning you were on with Rob and Rudy on R and R in the morning, and then they heard from the breakfast you have your own challenge coin. I do, and, yes. they, and they were like, "We didn't get one." You know, we're not supposed to ask for a challenge coin because that's kind of against the rule. <laughs> but it's going to be far better when we get back to San Antonio or meet up with the guys later and we have one and they don't. Yeah, we're going to rub it in their face if we're so fortunate to. Well, here's what it says. It says, integrity <laughs> at the helm, um, which is my motto that uh-huh. I actually borrowed from the USS Gerald Ford because um, I'm you know, a, sa- a sailor as well. Um, but this is kind of what drives me every single day. So... I'll let you guys have one of these. So awesome. For Appreciate you. you. So thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. There's thank competition you. going. Appreciate so. it. <laughs> yes. Wayne, oh, that's, uh, uh, that's... it's always fantastic coming on this trip. You know how I feel about it. Um, going all the way back to the first one in 2009. This is Joe's second. Uh, and we go to a lot of different things for work. Super Bowls. Uh, Cowboys training camp. This by far every year is the best trip we take. Well, I appreciate that. And you know, our team that puts this on, they care about this greatly. You get to experience that. But I just wanted to say thank you for telling the story of Army Navy and America's game. Um, You guys do a phenomenal job in San Antonio every day, and it's great to be able to tell the story back. And then what I also say is, you know, we've got almost 20,000 of our teammates in San Antonio. So a big shout out to them for the great work that they do serving military families um, every single day. Wayne Peacock, appreciate you stopping bye all right thanks jason thanks joe good to see you guys appreciate it wayne peacock here on the blitz on usaa's army navy radio row and literally it is his and uh (laughs) it is that's right and rudy we're getting a challenge coin we as we speak Uh something like that (laughs) let's talk to former longhorn brian jones he joins us next here on uh, the blitz It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jay Simonix in Boston. Army Navy Radio Row presented by USAA. And sitting across from him right now, us right now, the best dressed man in Boston today. <laughs> I, I mean, dude. I mean, bro. <laughs> now, Brian Jones, you're making the round. So it's 421. Um, Missed it by one minute. <laughs> you got that, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, over the last 15 minutes, yep. you know, the way Radio Row set up, we're at a table next to us is Sirius XM, and, and uh, EJ Manuel is sitting over there doing his Sirius XM show. He'll be on with us in about an hour. Now, you're a Texas guy. You're a Longhorn, right? Um, how difficult was that conversation with the former Florida State quarterback? Not difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to ask him in about an hour how he was feeling. Because I said to him, as I'll say to you, uh, I would suggest to you that had Georgia won, 
Michigan two, Washington three, Texas would have gotten in over Florida State possibly because this is business. It's not personal. It's business. And it didn't help that Florida State's offensive situation aligned with the national narrative that was being spun. And this committee is a burn victim considering what transpired last year in the playoffs in that title game, lowest ratings ever, lowest uh, viewership ever. They weren't going to do that again. Now, that doesn't guarantee there won't be a blowout with these four competitors, but that's what they're guarding against. And you have four big brands, and Florida State's one of those brands. And they resurrected their program a lot sooner than Texas. They won 19 straight ball games. Uh, but yet, that offense, man, it, it did look good. <laughs> hasn't, I thought they should have kept that number nine in there running that Wildcat. That's the only time it looked as though it had some a, a post. So uh, not a difficult conversation at, at all. Florida State got hosed. I'm just going to say it. I would have put him into that player in me. When you're conditioned to overcome adversity, you're conditioned with the next man up mentality, which they all checked that box there in Tallahassee and yet still got snubbed, that's just wrong. But that's the nature of this college football beast we have currently at play. You know, this year of all the years, I think, you had certainly six, eight teams that were deserving to play and that I think would it would make good. I'm so happy, Brian, that this is going away. We've been having to deal with these four teams, so-called playoff, for so long. I am so happy it's going away. Well, why? It's nonsensical, nonsensical to me because at every other level of football, mm-hmm. at the collegiate level, every other level, Every other sport, they have a real damn playoff. Why can't we have one at this level? Exactly. And the 13th team is going to be upset next year. <laughs> I mean, it just makes no sense. Why can't we do it at this level? All They, they give you all these different <coughs> bogus reasons why they can't. Yes, you can. You said you were never going to have NIL. It's here. It's here. So uh, I think it's just ridiculous, and we just need to have a robust playoff. I, I, I agree, agree with that. Brian <laughs> Jones, uh, CBS Sports Studio Analyst. Um, you look at all of that, and actually, if you, as you're saying that, it, it, UIW, Incarnate Word in San Antonio, they were really good this year. They didn't get one of the at-large bursts, and there was kind of controversy there. Of course, it's it's that level of football, FCI, and it's not going to make any news, but right. you, you know what I mean? Hopefully it, it does, and that well, matters. Well, I, I mean, but but it, it is kind of interesting, though, that, you know, even at that level, there is people that are deciding who's getting in yeah. without the automatic qualifiers, and I think next year we're going to be arguing about who actually fills out that, uh, not only the 12 playoff teams, who doesn't get in, but then where they're slotted setting up the brackets. It is an inexact science. Yeah. I would uh, agree with you. I think everyone would be uh, in accord on, on, on that uh, fact. So, uh, yeah, and, and that's interesting. It's happening at that level as well. And here I am uh, <laughs> suggesting we follow uh, well, I, I mean, th- that, that methodology, and yet they have their own uh, unique issues getting the right teams in. So, uh it, no matter what, we need to expand this thing, and maybe the games aren't going to be uh, competitive. But, hell, who's watching all these bowls now? Look at some of these matchups. We're tuning into what, maybe five or six bowls. If it happens to be on, uh, you might stop and watch for a second. But we're not watching these, these bowl games. There are too many, and there are teams in them that we don't think should be in them. But yet, 
they got uh, got the invites and they got the money in the trip. And a lot of the teams, their stars aren't going to play. I mean, if they're going to go, you know, Georgia, Florida State, for example, everybody's saying, well, you know, Florida State can prove or whatever, but nobody's going to play in that game. They may not even have a game. Yeah. When I'm here, they may boycott the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, a lot of hurt feelings on, on both sides of that. Georgia, you know, you're number one team and you lose to Alabama by three points and yet you're completely out of the deal. Well, Note to self, don't lose late (laughs) and don't have a bunch of one-loss teams stacked up behind you, and especially one being Texas that beat the team that you just lost to. Uh, So they they had other issues, other variables that were keeping them out of this playoff. But, yeah, I I don't have all the answers. I I just would like to see more participants because I love college football. And if we had – and you can incorporate these bowls into the playoff yeah, as yeah. we're doing now. Yeah. yeah. So let's make this thing wide open and throw whatever bowl name you want on it. And and I think that would work better than uh, what we have at play currently. Brian Jones joining us here on. Did I say hook them? Uh, I don't well, think I so. I don't think I said hook them. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> now that uh, Joe Tessitore said that, I want to say 12, 14, 15 years ago. Is that 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 old? I think can't so. be that old, is I, it? I, 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 it, well, it, I feel it, like we've been saying Texas is back for about that long. <laughs> yeah, right. it, it, it's 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 official now, is it? It's official. Well, are they officially back because they're in the playoffs, or do they actually have to get to Houston and and win the whole no, thing to be? They're back? officially back. As far as I'm concerned, when you start winning, well, let me ask you this: Did they did they officially leave? As far as you're concerned. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> that was really good. So Hook they're up, back. I got. They're uh, back. Yes, they're back. Uh, when you start winning conference championships, you're back. Now, I didn't. I I said this weeks ago. I, I don't necessarily think they're a national title team because there's some holes in that secondary that bother me, and and hopefully they don't come fruition in this first matchup versus Washington, but. You know, you got a month to get healthy on the back end, and that's been my biggest concern all season long is the secondary. But they find ways to win, and that, that front is so good. And, and the linebackers, the way they fly around, uh, they can compensate for the, for the back end. But my barometer was winning conference championships. So they're, they're back to doing that. So, yes, in, in my estimation, they're back. All right, I got to ask you because it's been the talk in San Antonio. Quinn Ewers might come back mm-hmm. to Texas. Arch Manning, does he stick around? Or is he gone? Why wouldn't he? Well, I don't why, know. Why, why, where are you going to go? And, and yeah, he could probably yeah. go somewhere and stuff, but I think the young man is happy where he is. Uh, and, and these kids who are just jumping up, and you mentioned Incarnate Ward. I mean, Cam Ward yeah. was down there, and he goes to Washington. Now he's transferring again. We'll see where he, where he ends up. And that's going to become a real detriment to these, these lower-level schools is the, the, the guys getting developed there and then being plucked by the higher-ups. So now, now that's become uh, a minor leagues, uh, if you will, in the college game. But I, I think Arch, and, and I'll, I'm not there in Austin, so I have no – uh, empirical evidence of this, but I think he's happy where he is. And, and damn, sure hope he stays because <laughs> when he got into that tech game, he looked good. He got some granddaddy in him, man, when he was running around. That was Archie there, man. So I, I think the kid is happy. And a lot of these kids who are jumping ship uh, without having a landing spot is to their detriment. And the grass is not always greener. Sometimes the weeds are deeper. Uh, 
And I transferred. I transferred from UCLA, Texas. It wasn't because of playing time or anything uh, uh, such as uh, that being the issue. So I just think they need to be very mindful that you're not going to always get what you want immediately. Sit there and wait. And, and, and if you're playing behind a guy that's dang good, you can learn from that guy. If your coaches, you, they're coaching you right and you respect them and the team's winning, why would you want to move? Especially if you don't have a landing spot. Uh, of course, Archie, uh, Arch would, but uh, I, I think he's, he's 100% happy. Where, where he is. All right, so you, you said you're not there, but you're going to be there. You know, we keep saying Texas is back. Brian Jones is back I am in coming Texas. back. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. but uh, well, if, it, if it means you got to go get a place near Arch to make sure he stays, then whatever, whatever the assignment is, my friend, that's what you're going to have to do. No, 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 no. I'm going to stay out of that one. They've got, they got a, enough hands on deck where they, they can handle that situation. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm moving back. Been gone seven and a half years, so I'm moving back to Austin under contract for a house now there so hopefully end of uh january I, I'm, I'm back home that's so good and that's that's not going to affect your work with cbs no, right no no no. i used to fly from austin to, to new york all the time prior to me moving to florida so i'll just go back to my old routine because you and new heisel make a yeah. good team well i appreciate that man no, you really we, do we, it's a lot of fun we we have a lot of fun off camera and we bring it on camera so <laughs> and, and coach is so smart and i learned so much from him and, and we've known each other since my freshman year at ucla and he was a ga at that point so uh, we have such a great camaraderie and chemistry with adam and, and, and rick and even on tuesday with aaron taylor and randy cross so much fun man bless uh God has shown me a lot of favor with my work environment because uh, these guys, uh, bosses, allow us to be us. And as you can see, we have a ton of fun. It, it, rehearsal today, we were damn near crying. I mean, it's just <laughs> the stuff that doesn't make air should make air. <laughs> exactly. We got to put it on Showtime. But, but well, what just, is this rehearsal you speak of? <laughs> well, we just go to the stadium and sit around, and we'll go through all the features and, and for the game tomorrow. That way we're not crying as much as we will be tomorrow. <laughs> what, what, it softens what, it up a little bit. <laughs> what, what, what time are you guys on tomorrow? Uh, we will be – game's at 3, so we'll be on at 2.30, a shorter uh, – Pre-game uh, for this one, uh, but 2.30, 2.30 Eastern. 2.30 Eastern, gotcha. 1.30 in San Antonio on yeah. CBS. Yep. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Go Navy, right? Go you, Navy, beat Army. Go Army, beat Navy. No, no, just the, the first it? one. Oh, really? Well, you got to tune in the pregame to see who I'm picking. Go Navy. You Hook, can tell us. Hook them horns. There you go. I, I'm good with that. I, I'm, I'm good with. I'm good with that. Uh, EJ Manuel is going to join us in an hour. Any anything? I, any carryover from your conversation? with No. EJ? Y'all better leave EJ alone. He race kidding? car on red. Y'all better leave him alone. He's bringing up what happened, man. Y'all don't be poking that bear. He's a big old quarterback too. I'm glad I didn't have to chase him. Boy, he is a big dude. Yes. Yeah. I go hit him low. <laughs> hit, hit him in his pinky toe. Uh-huh. Hey, you got a flag for that, man. You don't want to mess with hey, that. Oh, hey. you can't even look at him. <laughs> exactly. You I don't can't. know what defensive players do I these days. I remember my defensive coordinator, Coach Fuller, played for Bear Bryant. So you know he's tough as nails. And Coach, we were playing SMU. They just come back from the death penalty. And I just shoved the quarterback to the ground. Didn't form him up and take him to the ground. Just shoved him. Man, he read me the right act. <laughs> you ever – just shove a quarterback to the ground like that. You'll never play for me. I want you to drill his ass into that turf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Sir, yes, yes sir. sir. Yeah. <laughs> Get it done. So it ain't my fault, quarterbacks. It was Coach Fuller's fault. Uh-huh. You're doing what you're told. Brian Jones from CBS, former Longhorn. Uh, fun dude. All-around good guy. Man, thanks for coming by. Appreciate it, guys. And, and, Appreciate and, it. And, 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 and you got to stop dressing that way. You make the rest I, of us look, um, look bad. What? I, well, you always look bad. So, I mean, <laughs> this guy. Don't speak for yourself, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how he goes to weddings. Jason, really? <laughs> I'm Tell telling you. True. I got pictures. I got proof. Do you, dog? Do you, man? <laughs> I hear you. I was, I, I was wearing some nice J's as my shoes. All right. You got some nice J's? I had jeans and a, and a half zip. You know, I, 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 uh, I asked ahead of time. I was told it was okay. Yeah. Well. See, I got a wedding next week. I was told I got to wear a suit. Really? I, I, I do do you I'm have told. one? I had to get one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My niece's wedding, I had to get See one. See what I have to deal with every day? You're wearing a, a, a blue half zipping jeans. I'm wearing a blue half zipping jeans. We're what not at a wedding. Right. <laughs> well, but Brian looks like he could go to a wedding right now. If Brian right could go in. anywhere he wants to go right now. You know what? Act like you belong. There you That's go. The key, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Brian awesome, Jones, man. man. Always appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Good Thank stuff. You. Brian oh, Jones. I'm sorry. Wait. Hook them. <laughs> On the way out, always, because Texas is back. Texas That's right. Is back, folks. <laughs> They are good stuff. Brian Jones here on the Blitz on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star as we continue live in Boston. Reese Davis from Game Day will join us next here on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star in Boston for Army-Navy. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. It's a, it's a big game, and it's always cool because game day is a part of the Army-Navy game. You guys started doing that a couple of years ago as we're joined by Reese Davis. Uh, and, and, Reese, you, you think about all the cool spots you guys go to. What's it like coming for Army-Navy? It's a different feel. Uh, because of the magnitude and the history of the rivalry, the significance of what the midshipmen and the cadets are trying to accomplish beyond football, uh, the fact that many of them will be working together in far, far greater endeavors, the intensity of the rivalry and the, um, the pure disdain they have for the other side within that 60 minutes and at least uh, desire to beat the other side. I mean, it's like... A, it's, it's like a common greeting. I, at the hotel here, I got on the elevator, and the lady, rather than uh, greeting me with hello, uh, greeted me by saying, beat Navy. Of course, she was wearing a West Point shirt. You know, I, I said good morning. She said, beat Navy. You know, so you know, that's, uh, <laughs> it kind of gives you a little glimpse into the intensity. But it's, uh, uh, there's great tradition. There's, uh, there's great respect for the discipline, for the sacrifice and the service that both of the academies represent and to have it here uh in the boston area 250th anniversary of the boston tea party so much american history and the academies have produced leaders who have who have been um, instrumental if not essential in maintaining the freedom that this country's had and they still are willing to make that sacrifice to help it endure you know, Reese, you guys always have uh, such a great time. It's it's a blast to watch you guys uh, uh, every Saturday. Do you approach this broadcast any differently than you do any other one? I wouldn't say the approach is different, but the execution almost has to be because, first of all, uh, it's centered around one game 
that is not, you know, it's not like centering it around the national championship game. It's although it feels that way for Army and Navy, it's more about capturing the atmosphere and the environment around the game and what it means uh, to people from Army and Navy. Uh, there are a lot more interviews on this uh, on this in terms of. Uh, uh, you know, Joint Chiefs of Staff, the the superintendents, you know, things of that nature that's a little bit different in the show. And then just people who have great pride in it. We're going to have a Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick on. Bill Belichick mm-hmm. is going to be the guest, guest <laughs> yeah. picker. And, uh, and there, I don't, I'm going to tell you, Kirk and I called a game at Navy uh, the year of the restrictions. There was no one, you know, no one in the stands. Navy and BYU played. And we had Bill join us on the phone, and we thought, you know, maybe he'll he'll stick around and ask a couple of questions. Well, you know, his dad was a longtime assistant coach at Navy, and there might there are very few people who know more about the history of Navy football than Bill Belichick. Uh, certainly, he knows Army too, but and he, he just knows football. Period. Obviously, but this is something that he's passionate about: the history of football at the Naval Academy, because of the impact that his father had there as an assistant coach. As a kid, he used to go watch practice when Lee Corso was an assistant coach at, uh, at the Naval Academy. So he can, he can lend perspective. He can tell stories. Uh, he, can, he can give people a really good idea of the significance of this game and what it means to the people at the academy. So from that standpoint, the show is a little bit different, and we're going to approach our celebrity guest picker segment a little bit differently because Bill's in that seat. And, you know, no disrespect, but I don't think Bill is terribly interested in picking the bowl games that will be played before Christmas. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, so, and, and rightfully so, that would, be a, that would not be a good use of his visit. So uh, there will be... Uh, I, I can't wait to talk to him about that, about the history of this game, why this game was important, why he made such an effort along with uh, Patriots owner Robert Kraft to make sure that this game would be played here. It's never been played in New England. It's the first time. Um, yep. First time since 83, I believe, that it's been outside that Philadelphia-Baltimore-D.C. Uh, um, Meadowlands corridor. And so to have it here, they're really excited about it. The Patriots have, um, you know, have done everything possible to make this as uh, a smooth a situation as could be, and both are very excited, and we're, we're happy to be part of it. Reese Davis joining us here on the Blitz on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. Although, Reese, I'm really disappointed that you guys aren't going to put Bill Belichick on the line to pick the upcoming UTSA Marshall uh, Frisco Bowl, you know, for our, <laughs> our, our fans listening here in San Antonio. But honestly, are, how, how relieved are you that you're going to have him as your guest picker after they actually got a win at last night against <laughs> Pittsburgh? <laughs> <laughs> He'll probably be in a probably be in a little bit better mood, I would I would imagine. But uh, this is the, the I think I do think that this game is so significant to him that even had things not gone well for the Patriots last night, I I think he would have honored uh, honored the agreement and come on over because he's he's obviously very uh, you know very excited or very excited and, and proud of the fact that the game's going to be here. I think it's fantastic. Reese, I've got to ask you, though, because there's been a lot of controversy this week with the uh, college football playoffs and, and, and all of that. What, what is your take on the committee's picks and, and how that all worked out? Um, I think it came down to a singular issue. 
and it's a singular issue that's in their protocol, and it was the injury to Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis. I mean, that was catastrophic, and it was heartbreaking because Jordan's uh, – we had him on game day Saturday. He's a great guy, very talented guy. He's you know, been around a long time and has really made himself into a, a formidable player. And that was the singular issue. And, you know, this nonsense that I hear from, not, not from fans, I'm cool with fans. They, they have a right to be mad. They only care about things through the perspective and lens of their team, and that's as it should be. But, you know, or, or through the lens of disliking this team or that team or whatever. Um, and there is something in our, I think, in our shared historical experience in college football that if you have a zero in the loss column and played in one of those conferences, that, you know, you get to be at the front of the line. But, you know, from the committee standpoint, within the protocol, they can evaluate injuries. And to them, I think it became an evaluation of can this Florida State team, while still fantastic on defense, can they, can they win the national championship? Can they compete? Are they one of the four best teams to compete for the national championship? And from the reporting that we've had from Heather Denich, there was pretty deep disagreement in the room about that. You know, it's not as if all 13 people, you know, had went in lockstep and said, nope, 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 we can't have them in without their starting quarterback. That didn't happen. Uh, there were some who believed that they had earned their way in, and there were others who had reservations because of what they'd seen the last two weeks. I don't think it was fair to evaluate their offense solely on the ACC championship game because that was the third team quarterback. He wasn't going to wasn't I shouldn't say wasn't going to he wasn't likely to play in the in the playoff game or in the bowl game. Um, Tate Rodemaker should have been back by then the backup, but they didn't have a lot of data to go on. A little bit of playing time last season for Tate, thirty five snaps prior to the injury to Travis, a North Alabama game, which you know probably didn't move the committee much, and then the, they had the Florida game. And they struggled offensively, you know, and then obviously they did in the ACC championship game, but they won the game on defense. It's okay to win game 6-3. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, in fact, it can be quite entertaining to watch a team win a game 6-3. But I think that the committee evaluated, would you be able to do that to Michigan, Texas, or Washington? And ultimately they decided the answer was no. And um, there, there was no... No other issue in, in my judgment. You, you see different things cherry-picked. You say, well, you know, and I'm not even going to dignify the nonsense of, you know, some uh, agenda handed down from some cabal on high that doesn't exist. That's, that's uh, tinfoil hat nonsense. But, you know, this thing that you, that you look at and say, well, Alabama had a strength of schedule that was 50 spots higher you know, than Florida State. They beat number one and number 10. Did lose to, obviously, number three. But, you know, that, that gives them the answer. Reese Davis came, joining this us. Came, this came down, yes, came down to the injury, and that was kind of it. It really is. Reese, I, game day has become such an institution, and you're, you're driving that, that show now. What's the responsibility like for you as a broadcaster, as a commentator, spreading the message of college football, especially when there is such controversy like what we had with the committee. Now, as a Longhorn fan, I was good because Texas is in. <laughs> but overall, because, you know, we look at through our own lenses, right? But but overall, I mean, it's so controversial, and it's almost like you have to be the guy to explain everything, what went wrong, and make people feel good about it. If you consider it wrong. 
I mean, I, I don't know that I would characterize it as explaining what went wrong. I would characterize it as explaining the protocol and allowing the fans to make their judgments about it. Nobody's going to agree with every decision that was made. You don't, you don't think that, um, that the SEC would have been unhappy. I mean, Greg Sankey, I brought up this uh, possibility to him on Saturday morning when he joined game day prior to the SEC championship game and asked him, you know, if Alabama were to upset Georgia, there's the possibility that there's no SEC team in this playoff, despite the fact that, you know, the metrics would rank it as the highest, um, you know, as the highest ranked conference, albeit not with, uh, you know, not with the separation, perhaps, if there have been some years. And, you know, he, he said that's not living in reality. Now I realize that there was some uh, advocacy going on from the commissioner of the conference. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it's our responsibility to do anything other than to express our judgment honestly. And that's what that, and it is my judgment or my responsibility to temper my judgment in times when I might have to show the other side, you know, that when you're hosting a show, I will never, ever, ever get on television and say something I don't believe or take a side. I don't believe it. What I might do is say, yes, but what about this? You know, what about this perspective? And now that's appropriate. I don't think it's the right thing for our show um, to say, and and it's never happened. I've been at ESPN 28 years. I've been in the college football studio or game day, uh, one of the two, for 23, 24 years now. Not one time has anyone ever said, you need to say this, or, hey, how about I take this perspective and you take that one? That, you know, so we'll get an argument. That has never, never, never happened. And it won't as long as I host the show. And so, you know, that kind of thing, it is our responsibility to honestly give our judgment. And because I always tell the guys, don't try to predict what the committee will do. Tell them what they should do from your perspective and your expertise and your judgment. Now, I, I don't think that, I mean, that committee, you guys know who's on the committee. You really think they're sitting there and, and listening to Mr. Television announcer and going, oh, I better do that because the guys on TV think I should. No way. I mean, they, they're free-thinking people who are accomplished. They know what to do. And, you know, but I think our role is to give our honest assessment of the situation and understand that people are going to disagree with it. There's no, um, there's no unanimity on this from uh, from either side i don't think that's the beauty of sports isn't it reese i mean we all disagree we all have an opinion and and we all like to express what we do and i think that's what makes sports so great i've got to ask you this Absolutely. though before we let you, before we let you go pat mcafee how has that changed your show if it has it's, it's been fantastic i mean this dude is uh he's he's a phenomenon and the greatest thing about Pat is that given where he is and his career and what he has built, um, he, he doesn't have to be a great teammate, but he is. He's a fantastic teammate. He, um, he shows respect for everybody there. He's a great guy to be around. Um, he's really, really smart. You know? <laughs> and he's really uh, instinctive and fearless, and he connects with, he connects with the crowd really unlike anybody I've ever seen. 
and it's been fantastic having him on the show. He's uh, he's an awesome dude, great teammate, and I think I think he has changed the show. He's changed it for the better, and the show throughout its history. You know, I, I've been on it nine years now, and even well prior to that, the show has evolved and changed almost continuously. And I think that that is one of the reasons for its success. It holds on to its core principles, which is the love and passion for the sport. And yet we've, we've evolved as we've gone along. And the great thing about Pat is that he has a, a passion for people. He's got, he's got a love of the sport and he came in and he had, um, you know, he had a great feeling about the show and he's been able to take that. And he's just been fantastic to have on. It's been great. Reese Davis from ESPN's Game Day. I know it's a busy day for you in prep for tomorrow's broadcast and tomorrow, Saturday, Game Day. Crazy for you because you got Game Day and then you got to jet off and uh, hand out trophies. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, they'll, uh, yeah, they'll, hand, they'll hand that out. It'll be an interesting night in uh, New York City for sure. Appreciate it, Reese. Thanks for taking some time to join us down here in San Antonio. You bet. See you guys. Appreciate it. Reese Davis from Game Day here on the Blitz. Lots of Army-Navy talk. Let's talk Cowboys-Eagles. John Mashoda will join us at 515 from The Athletic. But I want to hear from you guys. Your concern level for Sunday night's game, Cowboys-Eagles. Your call's next here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Joe Reinagle. That's the third time in seven seasons. The San Antonio Spurs are the NBA champions. Jason Minutes. They go back to big day as Super Bowl champions. Dallas 52, Buffalo 17. It's the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 as San Antonio Sports Star. Along with Joe Reinagel, I'm Jason Minnix. In Boston, Army-Navy Radio Row. Game is tomorrow, a game that you can listen to right here on 94.1. And then on Sunday, it's Cowboys-Eagles. Cowboys-Eagles Sunday night. Brad Sham's back. He's going to be in the booth because it's a big game. Mike McCarthy back. Uh, he, he's going to be on the sidelines. No, no change. And it's Cowboys-Eagles. You talk about rivalry games. In the NFL, this is one of the big ones, especially with the way these two teams are playing right now. And, and the stakes are so high, too. I mean, that just adds fire to the to the uh, or wood to the fire or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I know Cowboy fans are confident, and you should be, the way the Cowboys have been playing. But it is still Philadelphia. It is still a... Uh, a rivalry game, and it's a, it's a big game for both teams. I mean, honestly, I, I I just think the Cowboys need this one more than the Eagles do, and um, because they got to they got to try and win that division. Well, they, again, and at the same time, though, I think you could easily say same for the Eagles. Not only are they trying to win the division, they're trying to secure home field throughout the playoffs. And after the Seattle game where the defense played its worst game of the year outside of maybe the San Francisco game. Or but, Arizona, maybe. Uh, I, I, even, <laughs> even Arizona, that wasn't on the defense. I mean, I, you know, I, I, just, I just look at the way they played, and there's questions with the Eagles. They've been questioned a lot about running. I think stopping the run, because I do expect Philly to run the ball, is, is one of my bigger concerns. What about you guys? 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Cowboy James, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? 
Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Hope y'all having a good time uh, down there in uh, Boston. My concern is Dak Prescott uh, pressing too much. You know, if we're at third and three, let's get the first down instead of trying to hit the home run to keep the drive alive. That that's my that's only that's my only concern. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Cowboy James. And it's a concern to some extent. Uh, Dak's been playing better than anybody on that Cowboys football team. Maybe you could say C.D. Lamb, but but Dak Prescott has been the best player on that team for the last three or four weeks. So uh, I, I don't look for him to, to press. Um, but, you know, it's, it is Philly. He hasn't had to face a lot of adversity either, and this could be a ball game where he may have to overcome something. Yeah, I, I think they faced adversity in their last game uh, against Seattle. <laughs> I, 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 but I, Dak didn't. Well, I mean, that offense was rolling. Well, I, I mean, they didn't have the lead throughout the way, and the defense didn't make it easy for Dak. He had to put that team on his shoulders and go win the game. So I, I think in a lot of ways that game – the Cowboys needed on a variety of levels because they've had so many easy games. They haven't been in a pressure situation where one mistake is going to cost you, and they didn't make it. They made big plays to go win that game. They didn't hang on by you know a, a thread and, and get you know they went out and they won that game. And the offense had to go do that. They didn't rely on their defense because they were unreliable in that one, <laughs> and, and they made it happen. I, I think that was. You know, the kind of dogfight game that the Cowboys needed. They had one like that in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago, but they lost. And why did they lose? That offense made the mistakes. Dak Prescott stepping out of bounds, you know, uh, an inch on the goal line there. I, I think the Seattle game was exactly what they needed. And if they're in that situation again, they're confident that they can go out there and get, get the job done. How much does Phillies get just simply getting humiliated at home against San Francisco? I mean, what what is that going to do for them? Or or look, I mean, let's say it is Philadelphia. Have they been? I mean, they've been lucky in a lot of games, but are they as good as we think they are? I, that's a big question. It, I, I mean, you look at Philadelphia and their ability to win games. That you watch it and you go, "How in the hell they do that?" Yeah. And that's how they've made. This entire season, I mean, you look at, at what Philadelphia has done throughout the year, and there are times where you could look at them and say, how did they, how did they win that one, including the Dallas game? They barely beat um, Washington by 7, 38-31. You know, their loss on the year was to the New York Jets, which is still unexplainable. They were down <laughs> to Kansas City and came back and yep. won. You know, that game against Buffalo, and, and that game against Buffalo, at any point, did you think the Bills were actually going to win that thing? No. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't. I, I just, the way Philadelphia's played this year, they're ugly, gritty wins, but they seem to figure out how to win those games. Until, obviously, last week, you know, dominant first quarter, but they had to settle for field goals, and then San Francisco got rolling. You look at the Cowboys, and they got embarrassed by the San Francisco 49ers. And then, what are they? Six and one cents with their only loss to the Eagles. So how does the Eagles respond to getting embarrassed by San Francisco? I don't know. Maybe that's what the doctor ordered, right? Uh, they, they obviously had to go back to work 
this week, right? And in, in having only one loss, they had to go back to work and fix some things that they needed. And and the one thing they have to fix, Jason, is that running game. At least try and run the football. They didn't do that. And if Jalen Hurts is your best running back, you're in trouble. Guy's good, don't get me wrong, but nobody wants that. Nobody wants – we talked about that uh, in, in a couple of games early in the season where Dak Prescott was the leading running back. You don't want that. And Jalen Hurts is still a little bit banged up. That knee's – it's nicked up a little bit. You don't want him doing that. I look for Philly to come out and try and, and run the football down Dallas's throat. Will it work? We don't know, but but I think that's going to be their game plan. I know if, if you're playing the Cowboys and you're not running the football – you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, uh, until the Cowboys take that run away from you, then you need to run the football. That and I expect that from Philly. Maybe against the 49ers, they didn't think they were going to be able to run the ball, and they thought they would do some things in the passing game. But that's not going to be the case uh, against the Cowboys. And if it is. Um, th- there's issues with their game planning. And Goddard's back this week for the uh, Philadelphia yep. Eagles. That that could make a little bit of a difference. And how much will Shaq Leonard play? And if he does play, how much of a difference maker is he going to be? So a lot of questions going into this one, but it's a big game. No matter how you slice it, for what it's for, it's Dallas, it's Philadelphia. Uh, that, that's really all you need to say. Let's talk more about it. John Machota from The Athletic joins us next here on The Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Monday on r and Morning, we're joined by NFL insider Todd Archer at 7.30. We react to Cowboys versus Eagles. We got the in-season tournament recap. And, of course, we're going to be always talking silver and black. Now back to The Blitz. Jason, Joe, who y'all got, Army or Navy? Go Navy. Of I course. got Army. I got Army. Well, you're going to be wrong again. Well, we'll that's, see. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is always wrong. His name is Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason <laughs> Minix. In uh, Boston, Army-Navy happening this weekend. Big rivalry game, obviously. Then Sunday, a big rivalry game at Cowboys and Eagles. Let's talk about it. John Mashoda of The Athletic joining us on the Buyers Barricades guest line. Uh, just another ho-hum week up there at the Star, huh, John? Always something, you know. As much as people say that, and it's cliche, with the Cowboys, it really is always something, and including a, a Wednesday when you're sitting in the media workroom, uh, you know, about a half hour or so from having a press conference with Mike McCarthy, and you get a, you know, notified by the team that he won't be doing the press conference that Dan Quinn will uh, because uh, the head coach needs emergency surgery. So, yes, it's always something uh, to write about with the Dallas Cowboys. John, how did, uh, how did Mike look today? John, can you hear me? Did we lose John? Well, maybe not. All right. Well, we, we lost, lost John. Him. We'll, we'll right. try to reconnect with, with John. I mean, maybe Mike McCarthy has sent out the black helicopters because he <laughs> asked about his appearance. The man had major <laughs> surgery this week and lost in Oregon. I want to know what he what he looked like. He looked did he look sickly or well, was I mean, he okay? He, he lost an organ you've never seen. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> that could be a lot of things, man. Well, what uh, do you we mean? did well. We did. Uh, I, I mean, he lost his appendix. You ever seen an appendix? I can't say that I have. Uh, no, no, no. The only people that have ever seen one are, are the ones that remove them, and they're never to be seen again. You think they keep them in a jar? I don't know what they do with it. John, are you back? <laughs> No? Hey, John. Well, 
I thought I heard Pledge say he was. I that. thought he said that too. I I can hear you guys now. But oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah, after I responded, like it just went completely silent. I didn't hear anything. So sorry. yeah, well, I uh, think I think it was, it was Joe asked how he looked today, and I think that was Mike McCarthy sending out the black helicopters because he didn't want Joe talking about, or you talking about his appearance. Well, you know what? We didn't get to see him today because the way that they do it, we get to see him uh, obviously on game days, and then we get to see him on Monday, uh, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. But Friday, we we don't go out there. It's done virtually. So. We talked to him on a conference call for about 20 minutes, and he sounded like his, his typical uh, Mike McCarthy self, and he didn't sound like somebody that was uh, sick or, or um, anything different than you know he normally does. So I guess that's a good sign. He said he's feeling great, but we didn't actually get to see him in person. Okay, well, that's too bad, but I, he is planning to be on the sidelines, and I think that that's a good thing. I think it would take a lot, John, don't you? I mean, with the way the Cowboys are rolling – Huge game against Philadelphia on Sunday night football. I mean, for Mike McCarthy to miss that game for any reason it would take a lot. I would think it would be something medically where the surgeon, a doctor, someone tells you you can do significant harm if, let's say, you know, you're hit on the sideline or something like that uh, because you just had this incision. And it doesn't sound like that's the case with this type of procedure, but I think that would be the only way is that medically they would have to basically make it that he couldn't go out there but that doesn't sound like that's the case here and you know we were told even on Wednesday that they anticipated that he would be able to coach on, on Sunday and then the next day uh, on Thursday you know talking to Dak and Dak said that he had talked to Mike through Zoom calls and things like that and that he felt confident Mike would be out there Sunday and then exactly the same thing today when we talked to Mike so um, at this point I think it would be a surprise if he wasn't on the sidelines. You know, you, you think about this game coming up, and obviously this has been a hiccup in the preparations, how they overcome it. Uh, we'll, I mean, we'll find out Sunday night. But you look at the way this Cowboys team has been playing. What is the biggest concern from a Cowboys perspective facing this Eagles team? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if this is necessarily number one, but for me it is. It's uh, don't let them get into – third and one fourth and one situation you know you got to do more you got to do more on first and second down because it, it is it is just something that you cannot stop them on those situations when they do their brotherly shove push push whatever you want to call it it is just something with this team if you can avoid that take care of the football i think that they will be fine but it just it's just so weird because there's no other team that is like that where it's such an advantage that they have when they get in those situations so you know obviously that's big but i also like i said Penalties is a big one. I feel like anytime this team plays a big game and, and there's this abundance of penalties, it's not a good sign for them. And the other one is taking care of the football. And they did good a good job taking care of the football, you know, against the Eagles when they played them earlier this season. They had the one fumble, but it was on that C.D. Lamb play at the end of the game. The game was essentially over anyway. But they got to take care of the ball. Can't turn it over against this team. You know, John, when uh, when the Cowboys were embarrassed by San Francisco, they responded well. They've They've won a lot of games since that. Uh, the Eagles were embarrassed by San Francisco last week. What, what do you expect from Philadelphia coming in? I mean, obviously it's a it's a big game. They don't need any extra motivation. But do you think they have a chip on their shoulder wanting to fix what was broke last week? Oh, I'm sure they do. And then, they, I mean, let's be honest, from their perspective, they know if they come in and win this game, the division's over. The Cowboys aren't going to be able to catch them if they take this type of a lead. I mean, if they win, if, if the Cowboys have to win this, stay in the division race the Eagles don't have to win this game but if they do it's over and I think they know that you know mathematically there's still be a chance but you look at what they have left on their schedule what the Cowboys have left 
yeah, they lose that game and, and, and the Cowboys are out, out of that. And then that gives the Eagles a chance to be at home where the Cowboys, more so than ever before, need to play playoff games at home. And so I think that will be more than enough motivation for the Eagles. And then obviously that they put out a really poor performance against San Francisco and San Francisco beat them up and it looked pretty similar, you know, to the way that the San Francisco 49ers handled the Cowboys in week five. And so uh, I expect a motivated team, but I expect the Cowboys to be very motivated, motivated too. They know what's on the line with this one. John Machota from The Athletic joining us here on The Blitz. I know I've asked you this same question a couple of different times about what is different about Dak Prescott this year. Obviously, he's playing well. There's that piece about all the things he's doing with his you know, private guy to help him get into shape and stay in shape and all that kind of stuff. And then even the commercial he did today uh, or that, uh-huh. that was posted today about talking bleep uh, you know, to try to prevent colon cancer, but the way it was done. I mean, it's one thing for a creative guy say, all right, here's a script. Will you do it? I think Dak last year, two years ago, three years ago would have said, no, man, I'm not going to do that. What is, Dak did it. What is different about Dak Prescott? So for me, I don't think there's a lot other than the fact that he's playing the best ball of his career. So that might factor in with stuff. But I just, I mean, I've been covering Dak since his rookie year in 2016. And I can count on one hand and it's probably not even a full hand of just times where I haven't seen Dak Prescott in a good mood. I mean, he just says he is glass half full. Uh, he and, and there's just like, it seems like no matter what's thrown at him, he can handle it, whether it's off the field, on the field, you know, locker room wise. So all of that stuff, I, I've always thought that Dak has exceeded anything that you could hope for from a, someone who's the face of the franchise, the Dallas Cowboys. But I think that there's a lot of factors in this that, I mean, him finding out that he's going to be a father, uh, you know, uh, him being healthy, the offensive line finally being healthy for the first time in forever, uh, C.D. Lamb playing the best ball of his career, uh, adjustments that they made offensively since that San Francisco loss, and kudos to Mike McCarthy for that. And and McCarthy and Dak just seem like they are on the, on the same page and, and everything's clicking for them. There's just a lot of positives going for them, including the fact that they've won 14 in a row at home. So uh, there's just a lot of good things going for Dak Prescott right now. So um, because of that, I think it's, it's kind of had a trickle-down effect to whether it's from on, on his everyday life to on the field, from on the field to his everyday life. I mean, uh, you know, but no one handles adversity better than Dak Prescott. Nobody I've seen, at least. Well, I tell you what, he is playing well, and he looks confident. He looks comfortable. He does look healthy. All of those things. And I, we, we talked a little bit about the defense, John, I think, after that Seattle game. And I guess if there is a concern for me, uh, it's the way that Seattle was able to handle that Cowboys defense. And, you know, people have told me that maybe they were tired, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. But it's a concern for me. Is it a concern for you? Not really, because they generally don't have multiple games like that. You know, I can see them, uh, you know, especially with this extra rest, uh, being much better in this game Sunday night. But, yeah, it wasn't good enough. I, but I also give a lot of credit to Geno Smith. That's one of the best games that I've ever seen Geno Smith play, and I'm, and I'm sure, he, you know, I mean, he was, whether it was completing passes down the field or just getting the ball out of his hand to not have sacks that can ruin drives and ruin games. He was outstanding, and so, yeah, some of the blame obviously goes to the Cowboys, and they need to be better, but it's not a concern for me. I, I feel like you can hang your hat on this Cowboys defense that uh, more often than not, they're going to they're gonna pick up their end of it, and so uh, I get why people why that would be a storyline, uh, but I think the Seahawks are a little bit better team than maybe what the rec- record says they are, so I think that'll be a good 
there's a lot of things that the, that the Seahawks do that are similar to the Eagles with their personnel and things like that. So I, I think that might end up looking back on it as maybe that was a good warm-up for, for the Eagles this week. Uh, we'll find out. Make sure you follow John on Twitter, at John Mashota. Subscribe to The Athletic. John, it's going to be a fun one Sunday night. Enjoy it. I will, guys. You, you guys do the same. I appreciate you having me on. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Absolutely appreciate it. John Mashota from The Athletic here on the Blitz on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. If you got off work at 5, you're, you're driving right now, and, and um, you're not sure about that video, that, that commercial yeah. that Dak did, it is hilarious. It's, it's promoting colon cancer where you poop in a bucket. Yes. And you send it off. Uh-huh. And, but there's a, almost like reading mean tweets. It starts with you know, people just hammering Dak Prescott, talking bleep. Here it is. This was Dak Prescott in a, a commercial released. I get a lot of shit. Indecisiveness in the red zone. Most overrated quarterback. You have more turnovers than a bank sale! And I get it. When you're not a fan of something, shitting on it can make you feel good. But what if I told you that now it can do some good too? Let me show you how. First, if you're 45 or older, talk to your doctor about getting screened for colon cancer. Then, if you're prescribed a home screening kit like this, grab the sample collection container and place a sticker of something you want to shit on right on the underside. Not a fan of marine life? Slap it on. Have issues with old-timey prospectors? Boom. It works with anything from colors to large American predatory birds. Then. Follow the instructions on collecting and shipping your sample. Here we go! And in about two weeks, you'll have the results. It's that easy to get screened for colon cancer and make your feelings abundantly clear. So talk to your doctor today. Home screening kits like Colaguard are for people 45 or older of average risk. Not when he's for doing the stickers, like he uses an Eagle sticker. There's a 49er sticker, uh, a Dolphin sticker, which maybe the writer doesn't like Miami. And, of course, since we're pooping in a bucket, he uses a brown sticker. Well, I mean, course. it was incredible. But it's, it's a genius commercial. It really is good. It's entertaining. And um, I, I thought it was great. So good for Dak. Now go beat a good team. Exactly what he needs to do. Uh, the uh, Florida State Seminoles did that. They, they beat everybody on their schedule. They did. They're not in the playoffs. Former Seminole quarterback E.J. Manuel joins us next here in Boston on Army-Navy Radio Row. Welcome back to the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryanagle. I'm Jason Minnick. in Boston, Army-Navy Radio Row presented by USAA. And I say Radio Row. It's what, we're radio guys. It's yeah. Radio Row. There's all kinds of stuff. And, you know, what, what's cool is you meet all the different people and, you know, so many former players doing stuff like on SiriusXM that are out here, like E.J. Manuel, uh, joining us here. And for you, big-time college football player, Coming to Army Navy Radio Row, when when you got the first time you were invited, what was your initial honest first first thought? It was an honor, truthfully, because I've been growing up watching this game since I was a kid. You know, we're all football junkies here, and I think everybody has always watched the conference championships one weekend, and then the following weekend, you're like, ah, what's on? It's Army Navy, and so now for me to get an opportunity to be here to actually watch the game in person, that's a big deal. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force, so shout out to the Air Force here. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I also grew up near Norfolk Naval Base. So this is actually very near and dear to me because my dad worked at the base for like 27 years. Um, so really cool for me to be here. So will this be your first time on the field at Army First Navy? time. First well, time. 
that was my first time last year. Okay. And I, I, all I'm going to say is, man, be ready. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to cry. That's what everybody's been saying. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's all, all the emotions you can think of. Right. Uh, it's just amazing. And, and it, it's a bucket list thing. Right. I mean, you got to come to this thing. Absolutely. So I, what are you looking forward to the most? I think the biggest thing is to really see two teams, and I think there's a respect within, you know, the military academies, of course, because they technically all work together to protect us and our country. But ultimately, that good old-fashioned hate. And I think we've all enjoyed watching rivalry games. I played in them at, you know, Florida State versus Miami, Florida State versus Florida. Uh, we saw some really good ones, what, two weekends ago. We saw Bama and Auburn, how that went to the wire. So I think that's what we'll see. Um, I know you know a lot of people say you think about the under in these kind of games, but ultimately you just want to see really good football. Another part too is, is that special is that you know these men are playing for the love of the game. You know a lot of these guys may not get the next chance to go to uh, the NFL or the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff. And not hating on anybody that does that, but ultimately you know that these men are out there sacrificing not just for our country but also for themselves to try to win a game. EJ Manuel joining us here on the Blitz. Is it too soon to ask you about Florida State, or I mean, is is it is that, am I picking at a scab, or is it not scabbed it's, over it's yet? A, it's not scabbed over yet. Okay. It's still, still fresh. It's still it's very still much fresh. an open wound. Yeah, you know, I've had my days of grieving, if I'm being honest, since uh, Sunday's reveal, and I still think it's wrong. And ultimately, I, I just feel bad for Coach Novell. I feel bad for his staff, his players, and I just. You can't tell me that an undefeated conference champion in the Power Five doesn't belong in the playoff. And I understand the quarterback's not available, Jordan Travis, but this is not the game of quarterback. It's the game of football. And I've been on teams where our defense has had to carry the weight and win us a game. I've had my best friend Dustin Hopkins, kicker for the Cleveland Browns, win us a couple games, actually more than a couple, when I was at Florida State that were close. So you can win the game more than just on offense. It's not just about one player. And to now penalize these guys that are still healthy, that were able to play, I don't think that's right. And that's not what football should be about. Well, you know, I'm in total agreement with you. We, we've been gone back and forth, and everybody's got an opinion on this thing. So I'm just going to lay it all out on the line. You mentioned the game, Alabama and Auburn. Alabama shouldn't be in this game. Florida State should be. I, I agree. And ultimately, or, or you could say Texas shouldn't be in, but then again, Texas beat Alabama head-to-head, so you have to honor that. Um, once I saw that Florida State wasn't three, and when the reveal show came out, I had a feeling that they weren't going to get in. And ultimately, again, as an undefeated conference champ, I don't understand how Washington can be guaranteed in. Because as you heard, Reese Davis said it, Washington's a lock. Michigan's a lock. And so then when he didn't say Florida State was a lock, who was also technically the same resume as mm-hmm. those other two, outside of their starting quarterbacks still being available, I then had a good feeling, or I guess a bad feeling, that they wouldn't get a chance to, to fight for a title. E.J. Manuel joining us here on the Blitz. I, I, I look at all of this, and the committee, I think, got it right, even though it's very wrong, because of the criteria that they're allowed to use. You're a Florida State guy. If it was Michael Penix that got hurt and Washington was left out, would your passion, anger be the same? Yes, because it's more about the integrity of the game. And being a quarterback and knowing, and not even just being in that position, but just being a part of a team. You know, I think that's the part that I had the biggest issue with is that now the team narrative is not as important. You know, it's about who's available, what Heisman Trophy candidate is going to be in this game, what all-star coach is going to be a part of this playoff, what storyline, what news. And, look, and guys, I'm, I, I do the same thing as you guys, so I now know yeah. how it works on this <laughs> side. We want stories. We want yeah. those spicy stuff. I want to talk drama. About. Yeah. Of course. I didn't we want Nick Saban in I there. I did not think the committee ultimately would have the balls to leave Florida State out. And they that's did. That's the crazy and thing. And they did. And, uh, again, I, I just feel like now – 
the moral fabric or the integrity of the game has shifted in a way that I think now it's about views, it's about TV partnerships and all that kind of stuff versus just actually honoring the hard work and dedication that it takes to be a champion. You're the perfect guy to ask because we're talking about college football and what's happening to college football right now. I think, look, I, I'm not opposed to players getting paid. I think that's a good thing. But I think it's just going and it's spiraling out of control, and that's what concerns me. Well, we have to have guidelines. And, you know, in the NFL, there are guidelines. There's salary caps. There's, you know, contracts that are set at certain years, one, two, three, four years. Uh, there's franchise taxes. There's all different types of rules set in place to kind of control it so you still have a competitive balance. And what you're creating in college football is an uncompetitive balance, <laughs> yeah. right? Or, excuse me, I guess a competitive unbalance. Right. In the sense of the teams that have the resources that can pay the players. And let's just be honest, even players that are now in the portal this year there's guys that are all-stars on their team that jump into the portal to go somewhere else i think about patrick payton and i'm not saying this is a bad decision by patrick payton the defensive end at florida state but he's about to be the premier guy on that d-line jared verse and braden fist they're going to the nfl now it's payton's turn he goes into the portal and i'm sure he knows that maybe he can get more money elsewhere it's not about necessarily getting on the field you've been a two-year starter you were acc rookie of the year last year <laughs> I'm sure he's thinking, hey, I can go somewhere else, see what the number is. Maybe somebody's offered me this, somebody's offered me that. And I'm not saying that's wrong because, again, I was a broke college student as well. I was a student athlete, but I went, I got drafted with $67 in my account. You know, literally, like, when I got <laughs> drafted to the Bills, I had 67 bucks in my account, no lie. And so I understand that part, but ultimately we have to have some guidelines and rules so the coaches can still have a roster because now you're basically having so much turnover every single year. You're recreating different depth charts. You know, it, it, it's interesting, I, I think, as somebody that had this success that you had and it's almost like if you talk to an NFL player from the 70s or 80s they go man you know my timing was off boy the, those paychecks <laughs> 20 now. more years yeah, later right? <laughs> those pay do you ever look at you know because you're doing a college football radio show on Sirius XM do you ever just think I'm just playing at the wrong time <laughs> how much money would you EJ man. Manuel have made at Florida State at the time <laughs> Yeah, uh, enough. You know I mean? <laughs> like that. He'd have more than sixty-seven. Yeah, I'd have more than sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Enough to fill up my tank. Yeah. Enough to maybe send something home to my mom and dad. Uh, so you know, I don't look at it in a sense of regret because everybody has their season. I'm happy that the players at least have this now because this is this should have been instated years ago. Yeah. Especially with all the fanfare around college football, it gives us a job, guys. You know, like that's what we're talking about: yeah. college sports, NFL sports. And so ultimately, again, I just think. There needs to be some guidelines. I'm not saying you limit people, but there has to be some rules so there's a level playing ground for all the schools. So I, when I do this, I, I blame the NCAA because I think that they just stuck their head in the sand for so long and didn't come up with something that could have avoided all of this. How do you feel about that? It's at times, and even the way the NCAA handles, you know, violations like this whole Michigan situation, yeah. I'm sure that's going to drag out for however long, a year, maybe two years, before they actually come out and say this is the punishment for whatever happened there. Uh, of course, I, I get that they have to have their due process. They have to do their time. Uh, but you're right. I do think you have to kind of grab the bull by the horns because right now, once you made it legal, it was open season for whoever could put the money together. And it's only going to continue to grow. It's not like the money's going to go anywhere. Coaches are already getting payouts. My old coach, Jimbo, he's getting paid $70 million plus <laughs> to not coach anymore. So, guys, I mean, you can tell teams and schools have the money and the resources to offer to these young people. And uh, I guess I'm just excited because I got a baby boy in the way. So, Maybe in 18 years, hopefully there's no salary cap. My son can go in and, and dip in as well. But truthfully, like, if you're a parent of these kids now, what do you tell them? You know, like, what, how do you try to guide them through all this stuff? Because it's hard to tell your son or your daughter, because women's sports, yep. they get it too. 
that, hey, don't go to this school because they might offer you a quarter of a million dollars. That's hard to turn down, guys. And so I get it. When young people go into portal and they want to go somewhere else to get paid, I'm not mad at them. E.J. Manuel joining us here on the Blitz. All right, I know Florida State's not in, but I'm going to guess you're still going to watch those semifinal Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Who, who's playing in the national championship? Well, the Texas-Washington game is the spectacle for me just because of the quarterback, you know, that the quarterbacks that are going to be in that one. Quinn Ewers at Texas playing really, really good football. Michael Penix, obviously, a really solid year. Potentially could win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, I do think Washington wins that one. Uh, just because, just because of their balance, you know, Texas, of course, has the balance as well. I think Coach Sarkeesian is one of the better play callers on offense as well. But I just, for some reason, I, I just think Washington has had those battle-proven games where they've still found a way to win. And being undefeated again is really hard to do. And Texas could, could tell you that about Oklahoma game. And then on the other side, I think Bama beats Michigan. I, I think the speed from Bama, uh, the the front seven defensively, Dallas, uh, I think it's Dallas Walker. Or excuse me, uh, I'm going to make sure I say his name. The defensive end for Alabama. Um, um, he, he's going to have a really big day uh, against the the run game for Michigan. If they can stop the run, you kind of make uh, Michigan play, you know, almost with their left arm a little bit. Not that McCarthy can't do it with his arm, but ultimately, I, I think the run game. If they can slow that down, Bama has a good shot. And Jalen Milrow is playing at a super high level as well. I think he's gotten so much better from week one to this past week. And don't give me the scenario after that because I know you're going to say Alabama wins the whole. Oh, thing. absolutely not. <laughs> I can't give it to Bama. I can't give it to Bama because they got it because well, of my nose. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I can't give it to Bama. But <laughs> it's going to be a good game either way. Yeah. Both no, games will be good. I, I, I'm biased as a Longhorn fan when I say this. Yeah. But uh, but honestly, I think I want Texas to win. I want Bama to win. I want Florida State to beat Georgia in the bowl game. Right. So when it's all said and done, Florida State's the only undefeated team. <laughs> yeah, true. That would be cool. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. And then even with the Florida State-Georgia game, who plays in the game? Yeah, that's it. Because well, now that is I'm not, not anticipating many from Georgia. Yeah, and right? same with Florida State. I mean, Johnny Wilson, the receiver, he's already decided and declared to go to the draft, which, again, I respect. Um, so we always see opt-outs every year anyways. And to be honest, you go back and look at Jordan Travis's injury and then the fact that they still don't get in the playoff after winning those last two games, maybe the players don't think that winning games is as important. So they're now starting to say, hey, look, I'm not going to put myself at risk. Yeah. And it might actually end up hurting all the other bowl games, not just the CFP. I think you're right. Do you think we're going to argue over number 13 next year? Potentially. <laughs> you know what I mean? On, I think on. every year. Hold on. You've known this guy for 12 minutes now. He'll argue over anything. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. Hey, we've agreed on everything yeah, today. that's what we're here for. EJ and I. We, we well, who you guys have winning in those semifinals? You got you know, you got Texas and uh, Texas Bama. Bama. And who yeah, do you think? Texas Bama. Although, okay. you, you make good point for that, Washington. That Washington-Texas game could really go either way. I well, think whoever I wins really, the turnover margin is going to have a good chance I think they match up well. They do. Uh, They're very similar. Built the same. I, I didn't think Washington stood a chance against Oregon the second time. And they, they proved all, they a lot did, of people right? wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, proved Vegas wrong. Yeah. Was nine and a half. Nine and a half. Crazy number. Washington State should have beat Washington in the Apple Cup. Should have, could have, yeah. Uh, though, like, well, Texas you know, should have beat Oklahoma. Yeah, that's football, man. Yeah, it's the greatest sport ever. Absolutely, man. and it's a team sport. Let's yeah. not forget that part. That's so, right. Unless you that's lose your starting quarterback, then you don't matter. <laughs> then you don't matter. Exactly. <laughs> that's a sad <laughs> thing to tell to a left tackle or a exactly. Hey, do you still think the Bengals have a chance to be a Super Bowl team this year <laughs> with Jake Browning? And look, he played great. I, I got did, that Monday night game, so I'm not counting out anybody, man. Look, and we just talked about it and we joked about it, but it's serious. Football is the game. 
it's the ultimate team game. And any given Sunday, I know that's like a movie, and it's yeah. actually one of my favorites, Al Pacino and those guys, but you can win or you can lose. I learned that in the NFL, too. Like, there's times we were counted out. We go out there and beat Chicago Bears the first first uh, game of my season, my second year. Nobody thought we had a chance. And so, I mean, you have to just play the game. The game still has to matter. Absolutely. EJ, man, always appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks, Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Absolutely. Appreciate it. EJ Manuel. Former Florida State quarterback now on Sirius XM. That, that was good stuff. And, again, you're getting both sides of it, but I think everybody agrees. Florida State got screwed. Well, EJ and I agree on everything. Uh, I, it, you know, I, I really like the guy. Uh, well, I, I mean, sure. No, I mean, I like him. He's, he, he's, he's got common sense. You know, he's smart. Um, all of the, all of the things we are you share, hitting the on traits, the traits I mean, that are, we are, share. Are, are you hitting on them? No, I'm just saying. He's, you know, we're we're both radio guys. We both we think alike. That's all. You finally found somebody finally, that you could yeah. agree with uh-huh. most of it. So uh, let's find something you can't agree on. Spurs. <laughs> they play the Bulls tonight. Let's do game night San Antonio here on the Blitz. This is the AA Best Bell Bonds Game Night San Antonio on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. Every game night, the Blitz with Jason and Joe gets you inside and ready for tonight's game. Players, coaches, insiders. This is the AA Best Bell Bonds Game Night San Antonio. The pregame show starts now. Yeah, the Bulls in town taking on the San Antonio Spurs. Game night San Antonio brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, 210-225-2121. An abbreviated version because we're, we're in Boston for Army-Navy Radio Row and Rob took, woke up from his nap. So uh, we're, we're going to do another hour. Why here, not? Uh, from 6 to 7. Let's do it. Pledge didn't want to do extra innings today. So Rob, Rudy, they've uh, awakened. They'll be down here. We're going to do another hour, eat some pizza, and then go to a country show tonight. Nice. Just Sounds like my kind of night. Pizza and country music. Sure. Sounds, yeah. sounds like my kind of night, too. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> uh, no, it'll be fun. It's live it music. Be. It's in, in Boston. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. And I, a couple of things, though, before uh, we talk Spurs and Bulls and will they lose, lose the losing streak tonight. Golly. Tom Warsborn of the Express News is reporting that the DA has decided not to pursue charges on Josh Primo. How about that? Now, I wonder if, if the DA talked with the Spurs and they asked him not to. And not that he, that he would go with that. I'm not saying he's, you know, the Spurs, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But, it's, you know, please, we don't see anything. He's punished, yada, yada. So, yeah. Uh, and, and it may be hard to prove. Are there I, any I, pictures? Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, well, may, may, I'm guessing not. Citing insufficient evidence, Yeah. Uh, Joe Gonzalez announced Friday they've declined to indict, uh, it, they declined indecent exposure charges filed against Josh Primo. Um, now, you look at the game tonight, uh, jo- uh, Jeremy Sohan back in the starting lineup. It's Vassell, Branham, Johnson, and Wemby. As your starter, so the one-game benching is, is all that was. Well, Sohan was—he uh, got his feelings hurt, so Pop had to make things better. I, look, I don't know. Chicago's not that good. Uh, I, I don't think Levine is playing tonight. No, he's out. Uh, so you know, it's an opportunity. But I, I thought that Memphis game was an opportunity, and the Spurs uh, got whacked by the Grizz. So. Uh, who knows? I, I just I don't like the way this team is playing uh, defensively. They played better the other night. They just they just don't seem to have a direction, Jason, and that's the most concerning part to me. You know, whatever observation phase of Wemby is, 
I, I thought the other night you benched Jeremy for the game. But you didn't put Trey Jones back in the starting lineup as the point guard. And that's the I want to see Trey Jones with those other guys to see how it works offensively, although their their issues are in, in a lot of ways seemingly a lot more on um on the defensive end, which they which they certainly have to get fixed. We're gonna continue more from Boston coming up on ninety four one San Antonio Sports Star. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. It's the Blitz with Jason and Joe. Follow Jason at Jason Menix and Joe Reinagle at Joe Reinagle 210 on YouTube and always at sasportstar.com. Hey, Doc, you better back up. We don't have enough roads to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. KTFM Floorsville.